Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Boys. Yeah. Hey, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude or get in the shower. Or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. Jonas, like, no chance I'm going to fall you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Oh, the first day of summer, the first week of summer. Is that right? Or did we do it last week? I can't remember. I don't know what anything means anymore. But Sam Perry, it's a big show today. We're talking England, New Zealand. We're talking Sri Lanka, Australia. That starts tonight. We're talking uh, South Africa, India. We're talking to Todd Murphy, Australia's newest uh, inclusion into a squad. 22-year-olds played a couple of first-class games. He's come through for us last minute. We apologise at the very top here uh, for this being a day later than what we otherwise would have usually done. We've had a couple of interviews pull out very last minute, but Todd Murphy uh, of Australia fame has come through for us. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. We're talking a little bit later about the most ordinary rig. More information on that later. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry is in Darwin. He has gone troppo, but you know what? I bet, Pez, that you're excited for some real cricket. And to be fair... I have really enjoyed, to be fair to me, I have really enjoyed that test match. So that's a universal feeling for everyone. Uh, what do you got to say about that, mate? I thought you were referring to the um, Australia-Sri Lanka uh, T20 series kicking off tonight, 11.30pm, AEST. Uh, yeah. Absolutely I'm up for that. stinging and frothing yeah. for that series yes. that I'll definitely remember. What can Aaron Finch do for us? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, no, good, no, good, good to have Test match cricket back. Good to have Test match cricket back. I hope, I hope those that attended with their 160 pound tickets enjoyed a game. Uh, I have to say from the top, he goes. I must say this as an Australian, mm. I can't work out whether we were watching the resurgence of an England side against the World Test champions <laughs> or. Or a bit of a two v threes possibles probables preseason <laughs> first game, um, yeah. and I only have to say yeah. that because I'm petty and insecure. Uh, no, it was good. It was good to see Test cricket back. Some good storylines, all that sort of shit. Mm. Joe Root, we'll get into yeah. it. Um, just to, cr- cricket and white clothes. I'm still for it. Sorry to say, I'm I'm, I'm all about mm. it. So it's good. I accept your apology. Mate, I think originally they were going to play this game on the nursery ground behind Lords, but uh, I think the MCC, they had a rescheduled game, so they got, they got to use the main ground. Um, so that was lucky. Now, Pez, we must start, of course, mm. with the NBA Finals. Now, you, you know, over the years we've talked about, you know, the, the, the lexicon involved with Alphadom and this sort of thing, and it extends across all sports. In mm. fact, we saw um, Joe Root obviously passed 10,000 runs and Eunice Khan um, champed him in his message. Uh, we've, we've seen that, of course. Um, but this also has crossed uh, across the pond 
uh, over there on the West Coast in, uh, in, in San Francisco where uh, Draymond Green uh, of the Golden State Warriors was asked about um, – well, he was actually praising Steph Curry – uh, and he was saying that even when Kevin Durant, who's now at the Brooklyn Nets, of course, even when KD was at uh, was at San Fran, uh, was at Golden State, um, the offense always ran through, always ran through Steph Curry. That's how good a player Steph Curry is. Now, Kevin Durant didn't like that too much. He didn't take kindly to that. And then uh, Draymond Green came out on Twitter again, separate thing, and mm. he said, uh, and he said, "Hey, it's all it's all love, champ. It's all mm. love." Mm. And then uh, and then Kevin Durant has then called him. I, I saw everything you said, my brethren. Mm. And my, my brethren is a new one to me. Mm. I've not come across that one before, but it is that's rich in tapestry. That's yes. that's some that's some culturally layered, nice, nice, uh, nice Alfred and power play there. Absolutely. And we've got a lot of texts or a lot of DMs to that effect, people wanting judgment on it, wanting to wanting us to weigh in um, with Draymond yes, Green right. versus Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh that's right. A couple of clubbies uh, from sort of 01 to 06 inclusive. Uh, so, yeah, like the, the point was made that that Durant was the finals MVP in both of those rings that they got. Right. And I think Durant right. was kind of yeah. trying to, you know, call that out on Twitter as you do. Um, but I want to talk about yeah. the – I want to talk about the – the lexicon, the linguist, and a linguistic analysis of my brethren, because we haven't heard much of that before. Obviously, we know brother, no. we know, and brethren is a little bit of a, a, a spin on brother uh, from medieval mm. times, etc. So, look, this feels has a religious connotation to me. But we all, we could all feel, couldn't we? We could all feel instinctively, intuitively that that Durant mm. was doing something by calling him my brethren. And I want to see if I could break it down <laughs> yeah, a little he's doing bit. Something. He's doing something. Yeah. So, I believe yeah. my brethren is from the same school as Champion. Right, so the central conceit of champion, hundred percent, of the of the champing phenomenon is that you reappropriate yes. the ultimate accolade, champion, often heard in boxing, yes. etc., by using it to address awesome. someone who is clearly not that. You know that that's yes. the conceit in it. You're yes. addressing me as champion. I play third grade. I'm in third grade. I'm in third class at school. Uh, I'm clearly not yes. a champion. You're calling me champion. You're condescending. Yes. Uh, you are referring to someone who is a champion of industry. Uh, yet they are not. They are barely in the industry, mm. or, um, or n- so, nor yes. are they championing something. You know, Whitman's rights, no. equality, etc. <laughs> um, Whitman's rights. Uh, my brethren. Whitman's rights, sir. I'm not championing anything. My brethren, my brethren is potentially political, like uh, uh, biblical, sorry, like etymologically, uh, or at least medieval, so. like of a of a monarchical time. Brethren, you know, it's kind of like saying Ooh. my liege. Uh, except, of course, Draymond Green is not Kevin Durant's liege, is he? Like that, we know that because no, KD no. probably sits a bit above Draymond Green. Fair play, a fine player, Draymond Green is. Yeah, as fine a player yes. he is, KD's no. sitting a level above him, right? Yeah. So to call him that's my, also different to mm, Jack Leach, isn't it? Jack Leach, that's right. Um, yeah, Jack Leach, that's different. <laughs> and and so as I as as I can see, he's not his brother either. So he's doing the same thing. He's reappropriating that term to highlight the fact that he's not that thing. He's neither his Leach, he's not his brother. This is all just happening on Twitter, and Ooh. it's just written out of in one second. Yeah. Um, and as you said, yeah. yeah, this is not to be con- confused with Eunice Khan congratulating Joe Root on ten thousand runs by saying "Welcome to the club, champ." Yeah, yeah. I think I think well, it's, been, it's been twenty years since the Wire. Uh, you know the famous HBO right. series, The Wire, about uh, the drug trade in Baltimore. Um, start was it started pre- first premiered in television. Is that right, twenty years ago? I think I think that's right. Um, and it felt like they had that sort of um, that sort of back and forth with it. Calling someone my brethren, just like just layered in in, in context and mm. uh, condescension. It, mate, it's, uh, it's 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 all it's like mate. You know, you're not my mate, mate. Don't call me mate, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. 
Don't call oh. me mate, mate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very confusing. And my name's Marte Marte. Um, all right. Jim into Juan Marta, um, who spent eight and a half years at United for some reason. Um, all right. Uh, England versus New Zealand Test Series is a match that's happening at the moment. Um, so New Zealand won the toss. I had a stick. I'm just giving you the scores on the yeah, doors right yeah. at the top here. New Zealand got 132. England got themselves nine runs in front in their first innings, 141 all out. Then New Zealand got 285. That meant that England needed 200 and, you know, the rest to win. And they got that five down. That's basically what happened in the match. If you've come, if you've come to the great cricketer three days after the game is finished, like, what happened in that game? I'm not going to go online to find – I'll just wait for the boys to talk about Draymond Green first, uh, and then they'll tell me. But, Pez, I suppose the first question I want to ask overall about this match – um, what were your feelings on it? I suppose we, we spoke at the top there a little bit. It's nice to be back, and it's hard to tell what these two teams are. But do you have any uh, other initial thoughts about this game? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm working out which way to approach it. Like, uh, do we respect England's win because we respect New Zealand inherently, or do we conveniently cast New Zealand as threes uh, to deny happiness to England? You know, like, it, it, I'm not sure which approach to take, which is more entertaining, which which is what I actually think. I just feel like we're watching... Like, I, I, look, I feel like... I feel like McCullum sorted a few things out in the side that were quite glaring to sort out at home. He just got the best four guys on the park. He put them in their best mm-hmm. positions. Uh, it allows everybody else to do well, and they are riding on a wave of, like, renewal and freshness and... It's funny when that happens, you start taking your catches, you start hitting the stumps. Uh, but let's not forget, it was like, you know, it was 130 versus 140. Uh, New Zealand then yeah. got well ahead. And that's when, look, my, my abiding thought really is that like, uh, I don't say it begrudgingly at all, Stuart Broad changed the game. There's no greater vibes or vibrations based player in modern cricket Across all levels, maybe I include ever. club cricket. Yeah, maybe ever, maybe ever. <laughs> club yep. cricket, yeah. 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 Uh, different vibrations there. But he cha- he changed the game in only the way he does. So the things I want to talk about are like, firstly, respect to Stuart Broad for changing the game. We'll talk about Joe Root because he's the best batsman in world cricket uh, at the moment. Happy to back that up. And uh, and I'd like to talk about team hat tricks as well and the nonsense-ness yeah. there, therein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the absolute hard drive levels of all of that. Yeah. yeah so agree, you tell, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Well, I, th- I, I, I will agree with you um, this one time only because we often disagree. Um, that like McCullum just is brought in something. He's only been there for about 15 minutes. He wasn't involved in the selections, I understand, of this game. So he's basically just just sit the guy on the balcony, get him in some cast or new kit yeah. and get blokes just on a rotating cycle, just having a chat with him. He's just, he's vibes as well. And that's what modern coaching is. It feels like in cricket anyway, talk mm. to the players. They, they don't need someone to tell them how to fucking hold the bat. Just get me a vibes guy. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Bearso takes three catches on the first day, the direct hit run outs. Um, even Jack Leach running after um, the ball and then concussing himself. Like that's what, that's what they want because it's again, it's all, it's all. Um, you know, oh, no, all that's what I saw when I saw Leach do that. I was like, oh, this is exactly yeah. what England needs. Yeah, <laughs> get the they, foot concussed. Yeah, they need a le- yeah. and they need a leggy, you know, fucking herring down the yeah. M1 with a duck hoist and wrap, uh, just going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make my debut now. That was what England needed. Um, and then there's something nice about Jack Crawley runs at the top. He doesn't he doesn't hit singles. He hits boundaries. He reminds me of like. Um, 
He's, he, it reminds me of what like Saywag and Warner does did at the beginning of their careers, where they just hit boundaries deluxe. Except it's in England, and it's just he's just he's just going to get out. Like you just you just know it's going to happen. But when he's there, oh, it's good to watch. Oh, it's good to watch. You've got a clean keep him ball. There. Anyway, he's not going anywhere. So, so then there's 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 some there's some nice aspects to it as well. Then Anderson, there's obviously nice stats about when he played. Um, the last dinosaurs were still alive. Stuart Broad running in momentum feels vibes. You get a bit of new hey, blood with Matt Potts, obviously mm. Durham stuff. Um, ben folks behind the sticks. Now I'm not sure about the black gloves. We've talking about this in the past, but he's taking good catches as well. So there's lots of nice elements to it. And then they had New Zealand 45 for seven, didn't they, in the first innings? Now, this is on the back of, I think, in the in the trial game, it's, um, was it Essex they were playing in the trial game or Sussex? Um, one of the X's. And uh, New Zealand were also 30 for six in that game. So they're, they're, they're rusty as fuck, right? But then New Zealand sort of like get to the point where they should almost win the game. And then even with the Colin de Gronholm, uh, Colin, um, you know, no ball of Stokes, that would have been... 79 for five in the fourth innings when they're chasing 280 or some shit. And uh, then New Zealand's were like, well, we probably could have won that game. So I've really enjoyed the test match. There's enough in it for England to be like, you know what? This is a nice day out. It's a nice hit out for us. I don't know if New Zealand deserved to win the game or anything like that, but it's a nice matchup between these teams. But I will say, like, if, if England lost this game, I reckon that would have been it. I reckon we're looking at a tough summer. I think they needed to win this game deluxe. Like, as if... If there was falling over here, like if basically if Root gets out in the fourth innings, <laughs> I mean that's that's what it comes down to. They probably lose the game. They didn't, so they've won the game. But you're looking at a long summer where it's like there's fucking holes everywhere. Now Leach has got concussed. Um, there's injuries deluxe in the uh, in the bowling ranks for England. Stressies everywhere. Fuck me, there's stressies everywhere. Um, and then you're like, well, okay, New Zealand going to clean sweep England and Queen sweep England on the Jubilee <laughs> the weekend. Jubilee weekend. Those are my thoughts, mate. <clears throat> I didn't watch a ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look. I, I mean, you got a lot. You got a lot of what. You got a what ifs in there. But they did. They came out on top in all yeah. the key, at all the key times. They won the game. I, I keep thinking about Colin Gromit. Um, <laughs> I keep thinking about Colin getting run out in the way that he did. Which is like yeah, that that is like, that he, he had a good game before he got in, injured. He was really central to the game, but um, yeah. fuck that was village shit, man. Like, are you are you yeah are you copying that in Australia? Given how the match turned oh. on it as well, like because Broad mm. was doing his thing where the fucking he was parting the skies yeah. and the fucking clouds and going <laughs> going yeah. everything that's happened until this point is over, and I'm now yeah. I'm I'm fucking I'm a t-rex running in jolting the ground you know and we're all just wait- <laughs> it is like that and it's it's fucking yeah, awesome how he does that i love how yeah. he con- i love yeah. how he conjures vibrations it's 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 a it's an amazing thing and it's a real cricket thing like and and to, like to get but yeah, just gonna okay. say sorry like like there is you would never be able to prove it but there's a connection between like him doing that wrapping colin on the pads the ball skewing off to wherever Ollie Pope was at Gully or whatever it is, and mm. and I don't understand how a Test cricketer can be can can lose awareness of where they're standing in that situation, yeah. like because but that's what Broad does to you, like you're so wrapped mm. up in his orbit of 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 power and energy and vibration, you just he was like Colin was Gromit was stunned. You know, like just by the fucking broad tidal wave. Yeah. Mixing all these yeah. metaphors here. And 
and the game changed on that. And then, um, because they had they had the f- they had their foot on England's throat, and the journos, the vultures, of which we are one, mm. um, were circling. Mm. You know, it was like he. It was fucking. It was the GTA. Here we go again. Shit. Uh, yeah. And. And all of a sudden, it's a fucking under 11s run out. It's team hat tricks, yep. nonce talk, and yep. and then and then Joe Root plays a match winning hand, which has been something he's been doing for a while now, but something he wasn't doing for a long time before. I don't know where you want to go mm. with that. If you, do you want to go team hat trick well, first and the hard drive stuff? Yeah, yeah, so, or do you want to go Root? No, I want to celebrate Broad a bit as well, yeah, okay, yeah. like because because it's not just the sequence of three and three it's the way it ha- like nothing unifies a team of 11 cricketers standing in a field in baker's whites of a saturday afternoon yes. like a comical run out yes comical run yeah. out has to be everyone is fucking laughing like a hyena that's right because it's chaos it's chaos fucking dumb yeah this grommet is over here trying to yeah. look at some cheese yeah uh colin and <laughs> pandemonium and shoes and then the next ball where he gets jamison he doesn't nick him off yeah. The stump fucking spears some coat in the members exactly. in the long room. Yep. Stump out of the ground. Pandemonium. Mm. He's on one. He runs to fucking St. John's Wood. Yes. And I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah. Inject that. We didn't really... I think the closest we've seen that in Australia, I remember like when Clark and Haddon, Michael Clark and Brad Haddon were in the team, they used to like fire up like Bay 13 as a yeah. sort of a metaphor, like just at like buying by third. But it felt like... It felt like how how hostile can we make this atmosphere yeah. when Broad's doing his thing? It's just it's a it's a fucking steam train. It's momentum yeah. and it's exciting and I want to be part of it. It's uh, you must be so scared because he's not he's not frightening pace, but he's got the skill with with Anderson that like he can just get they can just get you out like you, you can you can make very little error, almost no error, and like they've just got such great precision and momentum in their skill set. Mm that you're just going to get out. And you must know, like it must be weird as a test cricketer, and the way you relate to this all the time is a couple of fucking clubbies, that the bowler's going to get you out. But when you're at Lords and you're playing for your country and it's a big event and like this guy's running in, you're like, I'm going to get out. I, I know it. And then it happens and stumps are everywhere. People are laughing. He's on one. Like that's... But to conjure that, mate, like, from, like the, from the circumstances where there was, what, like a 195-run partnership, Daryl Mitchell played superbly, yeah. and Tom Blundell just missed out on his 100. They also played excellently when no one else had made runs mm-hmm. before that point in the game. Um, to, like, yeah. to conjure that chaos from nothing is something Stuart Broad does better than anybody else in yeah. modern cricket. And, like that, yeah. and to, be able to, to be able to have test players... And let's call them world test champions just to amplify the point, though they are, but also, <laughs> I don't know why it has to be caveat. Yeah, but are they? I don't know. <laughs> We're about to learn that they're not playing any test cricket, courtesy of the head of the ICC, yeah. who's also from New Zealand. But like, right. yeah. these guys don't play test yeah. cricket, but they're the best. Um, to have test players take the gas, like in that manner, that I'm, I'm owing yeah. that to Stuart Broad. I'm still annoyed at New Zealand, mm. if, it, if that's my country, which it's not. But like that, that completely reversed the game. And then, um, mm. and yeah, and just look, I'll speak quickly about t- about team hat-trick stuff, right? Look, you have yeah. to note that it's a team hat-trick in clinical terms because it's three and three. You're not just going to say three and three right. to avoid saying team hat-trick. You're saying team hat-trick because it's not the wicket of the bowler, all that kind of stuff. Three wickets mm. taken in three balls, you're going to capture it. But there's a certain intangible, know-it-when-you-hear-it type of giddiness mm. from the mouths of certain people when they say it 
that it just tips over into hard drives territory and I take issue yeah. with it, okay? It's a test yeah. match. It's a test yeah. match. Team Hattricks are for under 11s children to enjoy yeah. after playing on AstroTurf yes. in shorts, going to McDonald's after mm-hmm. play. Kids with grubby, yeah. sauce-ridden fingers are telling tall stories about it. They're all involved. One of the kids has been denied Coca-Cola his whole life by a helicopter parent or two. He's bouncing <laughs> off the walls. He's going to be doing that later in his life when he discovers ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's where a team hat-trick lives. In fact, the same kids will yes. be out on a circuit 10 years later. This time it's not Coca-Cola. Yes. It's just Coke and pingers, and they're telling yeah. the same stories. Yeah. That's, the, that's yeah. where a team hat-trick resides, and it's a wonderful place yep. for it to reside. Getting into like, <laughs> oh, team hat-trick in test cricket, yeah. bin, uh, checking, checking hard drives, nonce. That's all. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying you're a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's like but my it's, brethren and it champ. Just, it just lives in the same area, I, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's we a, got it's a team hat-trick, boys. It's just like turning... <laughs> yeah. It's turning up to training in a full ODI kit. It's it's that it's that's where it kind of lives for me. It's just a know. bit like a three and three. Like it's a participation award. It doesn't fit right into the wheelhouse of Lords Cricket Ground, professional cricket, highest level, world test champions. Yeah. 10,000 test runs, 1,120 some shit wickets with Broad and Anderson. It doesn't live there. There's no, there's saying, no, like, there is no residence there. We're going to get some responses. It's going to sound like, uh, you know, bit bitter Australians or whatever. I, I guarantee anybody listening to the show that if there's, if this happens for Australia, if they somehow get three and three and people start talking about yeah. a team hat trick, I'll say exactly the same thing. It applies to everybody you know, at that level. All costs, all times. But why can I sort of... <clears throat> Why can I sort of see like Ollie Pope running into the huddle being like, hey boys, team Hattrick? <laughs> <laughs> Why can I sort of see that? Yeah. <laughs> but I could imagine Ollie Pope saying it ironically. You know, if you get into the ironic territory, you could do that. But like somebody, you know, mm. wider, I don't know. Like in Australia, that would be Manus. Like Manus would be going, oh, team Hattie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say team Hattie. Team Hattie. Hattie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, now. Yeah. Let's move on, he goes, if you wouldn't mind, to Joe Root. Yeah, let's talk about Joe Root, mate. All right, so uh, you've, got a bit, you've, got a, you've got a statistical rundown of this, don't you? Like, uh, well, like what, what's, he, what's he done here? Just say some numbers, start getting erect about it, then, yeah, we'll talk. Okay, so he's, he's 115 red ink in the fourth innings. He's his first ever fourth innings talent test match cricket. He's got 900 since the start of 2021. I'll say that again, nine, nine test hundreds since 2021. He was player of the match in this game. He went past 10,000 runs. He is the youngest to ever do that. Mm. Equal, you would have said, people are already saying this, same, same year and day as Alistair Cook. I understand he was, um, he's, he is younger by hours in some yeah. capacity or some shit, but yeah, same, same time. Um, he, so Tendorka is number one. I think there's, I think there's about, is there about seven or eight guys who have passed eight, uh, 10,000 test runs? I think there's about something like that. Uh, and he is the youngest to do it ever. So Tendorka has got 15,000 and some shit. Um, that's the most. The next most is Ponting with 13,000. Joe Root will Joe Root will probably pass Ponting. And he would be in the mix to go past Tendorka. Now, of course, I think he needs to play another 30 test matches at the same rate as what Tendorka to, to pass Tendorka. 
we, we see this all the time when guys are in just like unbelievable runs of form. We saw this with Ponting. We saw this with Steve Smith. Usually our runs go for about two years, maybe three years, um, where they're just electric. And Joe Root seems to be on that at the moment. So, you know, I don't know if he'll continue this because it's his form is just unbelievable. But fuck me, man. What what a player. 900 since 2021. It is weird that he's only ever got – this is his first ever fourth innings ton, but uh, he is – he is by a distance. He is by a distance the best Test batter in the world at the moment. I'm thinking because Kane Williamson, his record in England is actually pretty poor. He hasn't scored runs in a little while. Steve Smith has obviously had a bit of a decline. Mate, none of them, none of them can get 90s. one off the square. None of the big boys can get yeah. them off the square <clears> apart from Joe. Root. And then, and then, and then, obviously, Manus has come in and done okay. Barbara Zahm has got good numbers as well. But then, no one's touching Joe Root and hasn't done for two years. He is by a distance the nah. best Test batter in the world. Yeah. That's exactly right. And people will point, you know, I mean, obviously in Australia, it's like, well, yeah, but what's he done out here? It's like, yeah, well, we got a couple of guys who couldn't yeah. do things in other places too. Yeah. Um, don't <laughs> well, worry Travis said I was playing the tournament in the Ashes, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is the best. I think he is the best stick in the world and he's top of the big boys. Yeah. He's all that stuff. He's a VIP. He's in the center of the booth. He's uh, calling for mm. drinks. Guys are sitting around him. There's no. I think there's no doubt yeah. about that. I think the best thing about this innings as we've been calling for for a long time, is just the match-winning nature of it. It is it is the innings yep. that decides the match. He bats better than anybody yep. else does in the game, and uh, that's awesome stuff. Uh, you know, that I mean, you just you just had numbers falling in front of my eyes before then that are just all just so orgasmic to hear. He brings yeah. up his. Is this good? Is it good that he brought up his ton and his ten thousandth run in the same stroke? Be, because. He gets the he gets it all in one, you know, like you're just taking all of your pleasures in one go, in one mouthful, if sure. you will, he goes. Sure. Uh, yeah, I will. Mr. Speaker. But he then den- he then gets denied the double uh, the double applause. Because it, cause it, this yeah. is this isn't a nine thousandth test run or an eleventh. This no, is te- no. this is ten thousand. So you ten, bring up you bring up one hundred one zero zero and at the same time one zero 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 zero. That's fucking. I mean, the autist in me is absolutely mm. exploding, uh, and yeah. we all have a yeah. bit of that in us if we're cricket fans. Let's be honest about it, yeah. uh, and celebrate it. I kind of like it, but at the same time, like I would I, like to mm. be at Lords and twice in the same innings get a ton. Like, imagine getting a ton and then the next ball hitting a single or something, and that's your 10,000th run. You're not. That's, that's what I know, want. I, uh, yeah, I don't. 10,000, mate. 10,000. 10, I mean, he won't do this ever again in his life. Imagine getting 10,000 um, of anything. Oh, mate, deluxe. Uh, 10,000 of anything. <laughs> um, I've, I've noticed that, like, you know, when. Uh, when when the team score goes past like 100, 200, and you get a round of applause once you pass that, often that's a boundary. And so mm. I like I like a single down to fine leg for the score to be, you know, 200 for four, for instance, and a nice warm round of applause congratulating the team on their efforts yeah. thus far. I think there's too much of that. But I don't like it. I think it's too much. I don't like it when it's like fucking cream through the leg side for four, go from 197 to 201, and there's like just a, a collective applause. I like to, I like, I like for the game to stop as much as possible. Really? Slow the game down. Yeah, slow it down. But do you reckon if we went back, you know, some Robolinda shit and looked at cricket in the, let's even say the 80s, 70s, a crowd, a crowd's clapping, bringing up 50, a crowd's clapping, bringing up 100, I mean, crowds 
probably mm. aren't listening to the radio. Often on the radio, people will be listening on the radio and they'll signal that there's been a uh, the 50 partnership is up. There'll be a clap for that. There's a clap every fucking second over yeah. for some milestone past, you know. That's his highest score in Brisbane yeah. in the winter equinox, you know. <laughs> uh, this is yeah. the third yeah. highest sixth wicket partnership between two blokes um, who were born in the Tropic of well, Capricorn. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> on a Wednesday with their maiden, their mother's maiden name, Sunny with S. Um, the the uh, that that to me is where like the team hat trick exists as well, where it's like it's just a participation award. Now, like obviously these are achievements to even like play the professional, like to play Test cricket, you've got to be good. So like these records sort of mean something, but like to to dumb it back down to like village cricket or grade cricket or club cricket. Are you celebrating like a record of like this is the highest six wicket partnership in third grade this year? I mean, obviously, yes, you are because you're desperate for something. But like, I don't. It's just yeah, cricket. It's just cricket know. in the like uh, in the TV era, in the like the streaming TV era. Like, just something has to be happening all the time. There's got to be bells and whistles. And it's funny. It's funny to watch mm. like uh, that confected when the the truth of the matter is that cricket is deathly boring. That's part of its charm. And that's why it's exciting yeah. when fucking dinosaur T-Rex broad makes something happen. Then we can go off. But all this like, you know, smattering of applause for the Equinox stuff, not for me. Um, yeah. A few more things on route, he goes. So can he get mm. to 15K, surpass Tendilka chat? Like whenever I think about things like this or contemplate like a, uh, a really good player and how far they can go, you just start thinking about what they're going to be like in their geriatric years. And what the yeah, brand yeah, yeah. of um, geriatric will be for their style, and actually, like, yeah. I'm thinking Root's probably still looking okay, even when he can't play anymore. But but then again, I thought that about Mark Waugh, and b- because nobody looks better than mm. Mark Waugh, um, possibly nobody looked worse as well. You know, when it was when it was over, uh, yeah. don't know what it could be. Steve Waugh's the same. Steve mm. Waugh just letting balls hit him, just like oh, I can't get my bat there anymore. Has, just, yeah. has, <laughs> I mean, Ponsing was bad as well. Um, See, I don't. It, mate, has anyone, I, I has don't anyone gone out with great grace? I don't well, know. but like, like career ended when like he mm. fell over when Jack Callis bowled yeah. him. When Jack Callis no, bowled him, he fell over. That was, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But it, it happened. Yeah, like Mark. You know, when Mark Taylor couldn't play for a while, it was like you, mm. you cannot play the game. But and then he scored three hundred and thirty-four, mm. so it turned out he could. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, so what are we looking at with Root? Like, uh, he's got five to seven years left in the game, possibly. He'd need about 800 to 1,000 runs a year. Um, that'll wane. He needs a couple of big years. He needs a couple of more 1,700 run years, I guess. I'd imagine, like, batting four, I don't know, batting four in England when you're 35, 36, and a couple of um, young well, bloods coming through. Yeah. If you've not seen it as well, it's tough. I don't know. It's it's just great that he's um that he's in the conversation for it. I think it's really good. The other one he goes is... um. Mm. You know, no, he's no longer captain. People have been talking about that as well. He's happy as Larry. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I liked that he said it's my. I got this from Andy Bull's article in the Guardian, but it was him was root quoted saying it's his. He's basically saying it's his turn to help Stokes as captain, like under his leadership. Like the and he, he sort of says it's a great opportunity for me to do that just for him because he did it for me. Um, um, I'm not sure I'll be able to do some of the things he's done, but I'll try. So he's just saying how many times like Stokes bailed him out when Root was captain, and now Root wants to do it for him. I like right. I like that friendship. I like that mm-hmm. access. Mm-hmm. Um, the trencher stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trencher stuff. Exactly. Go to Glippily JL stuff. Um, but is it robbing mm-hmm. Peter to pay Paul? You know, like Stokes got his runs uh, in the second innings. 
uh, he was knocked over, but it was a no ball, so it doesn't count. Yeah, you know when when is when we like, go over it, there, I'm pretty happy yeah. if Stokes is nullified because he's busy being captain. To be honest, okay, Root's got to get some runs, yeah. but you know one mistake, Joe. So if we if we can, yeah, if we can nullify if, if Stokes, Root, Stokes, yeah. If Stokes is a, is a lesser player because he's worried about how wide mid on's getting, um, then that's that's good news for for the team that I support. Mm. It does seem a little bit like I'm just I'm I want to I want to help him the way he helped me in the same way that like McCullum comes in is like boys take your catches, and then these professional athletes are like yeah, yeah I'm going to try a bit harder now. I'm going to try a little bit harder. I'm going to try and win this. I'm going to try and see this ball a bit better. I'm going to move my feet a bit bit <laughs> bit, uh, a bit sharper. Yeah, I'm going to do that actually. It does seem a bit like that, but that's also the mentality of. Pro athletes, right? Um, he goes, just a um, couple, Matt just one more thing. Debut. I, I just want to say on Root, the charge on him was like he had 60s, he was making pretty 60s and 70s, not deciding matches. Yep. Um, but without the burden of captaincy, does he now have the internal infrastructure to be a consistent daddy match winner for England? Um, he right. said he was in an unhealthy relationship with when he was, yes. when he was captain, like with the captaincy. And as we know, blokes, you know, they can get very fit. Um, once they're unburdened of a relationship, you know what I mean. You've got a lot <laughs> yeah. more time. Yeah. You get to run your own yeah. life a little bit. This is what I understand. Yeah. You can choose what you have for dinner. You know, no more collaboration or negotiation. But, right. So he, he's out. He's out of that unhealthy relationship. I've seen blokes do yeah. that. I've yeah. seen blokes do. That. I got I made, yeah. made in London. Massive transformation. Um, just looks sensational yeah. after getting out of a relationship. Rig, rig yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe that could be. Yeah, this, yeah. this is the next phase route. Self-improvement. I like that. Um, well, uh, yeah, Matt Parkinson made his debut for a concussion substitute with Jack Leach, who, uh, who, 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 who did himself a mischief uh, trying to fill the ball down the boundary. Um, and uh, it's, hard, it's hard to know what to make of Matt Parkinson's debut because it, <clears throat> I didn't think it looked amazing. He's got a great record in county championship, takes heaps of wicket-taking deliveries. Um, we've seen lots of good highlights of it, lots of talk about it. The pace he bowled. Don't know. He wasn't even in the squad. He wasn't expecting to play. He's racing down the M1 to try and get a game at Lords. He would have been nervous. He gets a wicket at the end there. Gets Tim Southie for his first ten uh, for his first Test wicket, which was the final New Zealand wicket in the third innings of the game. Um, but he got pumped um, outside of that and didn't really look threatening. But it's, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to tell. I should also say he played great cricket at um, my club, Pez Gordon. Uh, what great? The year after he played, year after Mason Crane, he started in threes and then um, played a couple of PGs games and. Um, um, no, he had, he had a very good year in first grade. The year after Mason Crane was there as well. So um, you know he's got he's got test, he's got Sydney Test cricket pedigree in him. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean it's it's, it's people have been crying out for <clears throat> Matt Parkinson to play in the England side to get into the squad. He was obviously in the squad for most of the winter, actually, most of the England winter. I mean, uh, never got a game, so it's hard, it's hard to tell. But I think it feels like one of these ones where you just got to stick with him if you're going to play him. But there might be some some losses in the in the meantime and. I don't know. I mean, how much did you watch of him? Oh, oh yeah, I watched his. Uh, I watched a lot of his bowling, and like, I guess yeah. The f- the first thing is, it feels very unfair to um, pay no attention to somebody other than their numbers and stuff, or a couple of highlights, and then yeah. you know to to only cast judgment upon him. You know, once you're, you know, once he's finally made it to test level, you're sitting on a couch with a fucking burger dripping <laughs> down your mouth, and you're like. You know, trying to assess the mechanics, yeah. Yeah. the mechanics of it. Oh, yeah, the pa- yeah. oh so he spoke, he spoke a bit slow. Yeah. <laughs> First thing to say is like, if you play Test cricket, if you make it to Test cricket, particularly as a leg spinner, you're a worldie. Like just straight up, straight up. Probably pretty um, good. I find it difficult to like to deal with 
people who have zero idea about leg spin, like just going, nah, it's not going to cut it. Uh, this is the pace is yeah, a bit yeah. slow. Uh, but mm. just watching him, like what would have, um, you know, uh, look, speaking personally, like, and there's just no comparison to this bloke who is worldly, but like one of the hardest things to deal with when bowling leg spin is like when you put as much on it as you can, it comes out well and the batsman can just wait on the crease and just waits for it and just mm. moves it somewhere. Like he d- he's not, mm. he's not drawn into the shot. I just, and that was the pace thing that mm. I think Peterson and stuff was talking about. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, this is where I have to kind of concede. I don't know enough of his bowling to know if that is his natural pace, but that is something, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't quick enough. Guys could just wait. And when you can wait and play off the back foot or just get down in the track as they could to him, like, there's, you're kind of cooked. Like he, he has to change that, but he might be able to change it. I don't know. I thought it was a bit, um, was a bit eleven o'clocky and a bit out the front of the, bit out the front of the hands. But fuck me, like mm. he's a worldy. He, he might, he, he, you've got to back these guys and give them chances to fix it, you know. And they're just never going to be hey. someone with a leggy who says like, no, nah, that's yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah. not going to cut it. No, you know? never, Ever. never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Also, he's still young and he'll probably get a bit stronger as well. Like, he, his, his peak years could actually be in his early 30s. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, but we also saw those like Scott Boland, right? Scott Boland, when he first came to the test side, he, his first innings, I remember watching him being like, because I, I hadn't really seen him bowl before mm, at all. Mm. And it was a bit like, oh, it's a bit 125s and not doing a lot. And then afterwards, he was saying like how nervous he was and then mm. he became the greatest bowler to ever play the game. So, um, you know, that, that can also be a factor. And I'm sure mm. Matt Parkinson playing at Lords and his first test match was probably a bit nervous, if I had to guess. If I had to guess. <laughs> mm. Um... Hey, mate, uh, another debutant, Matty Potts, uh, did well. He took four for 13 and 355. He's got Kane Williamson twice. Two things. How come, like, debutant bowlers, their first test wicket is almost always the best player that's ever played? Like, you see it all the time. It's like they get, like, like uh, Root or Williamson or Tendulkar or Smith or, like, whatever. Like, Coley, like, it's, it seems to happen all the time. Also, with Matty Potts, he's obviously had a really good start to his uh, county championship season this year at, uh, for Durham. Um, bowling in front of Ben Stokes, which gets him into the team, of course. Uh, of course. This, this to me is like England. England are going to have this position, this like Chris Wokes, Matty Potts, Ben Stokes position, just fucking locked down for the next 185 years. They're just going to, they're always going to have a guy who bowls good enough pace, seam up, can do a bit with a bat, athletic in the field. They've got so many of these guys. It's Wouldn't mind a few it- more sticks. Well, it's just, you know, it's like the environment produces those players, right? Exactly. I mean, every time exactly, Aussie, yes. the Aussie guys go over there, like, the, who balls seem up, they have a fucking great time too. It's just it's oh. just sensational. But, you know, fair play to yeah. Matty Potts. He's taken four for 13 on debut. So probably not going to yeah. just go like, well, you know, fuck, conditions suit, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I've done. That's what I've done. <laughs> that's what I've done. I'll have it both ways. I agree. Um, fuck, this is the best. This is the most comprehensive analysis of a test ever. We've still got to talk to Ali Martin as well to actually give some credibility yeah, to it. Um, just finally, he goes, yeah. um, uh, like, uh, mm. which analysis do you subscribe to for the fourth morning, like the final morning, you know, where it's kind of all poised, okay. England's a bit ahead. So do you see it as the fourth morning, dark grey London clouds overhead, mizzle, bit of drizzle, floodlights on, six out, all out England, you know, backs to the war, courageous English performance. Um, or that the ball was completely fucked, wouldn't move in the air or off the straight. It's gun barrel, <laughs> New Zealand bowled throwdowns. If anything, England should have finished that in eight overs and the the fans be paid money. <laughs> 
which is a mm, that's interesting because like because I can only choose two and there's no nuance <laughs> for either of those discussions. That is that is tricky. Well, I'm gonna have to I have to I have to go for B, Sam. Yeah. Uh, that it was just flat. Um, New Zealand off the boil. Um, Ball was fucking one twenty fives. Ball was fucked. Long throwies. Um, Ill disciplined. Yeah, <laughs> some long half volleys. Um, against us against a couple of set batters. Um, mm. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, when we barely spoke about New Zealand in this game, but uh, of so Colin DeGrano had this had a weird game, right? We he's actually got a really good record against Joe Root because he he got him out in the 2019 World Cup final. He also got him out in the first innings here. He's got a good record against him generally, but he. He's injured. Uh, I saw this morning, Pez, that he's actually going to be out of the test series. So he's done his heel. Mm, um, and if he kept his fucking heel behind the front line, maybe New Zealand be one up, but they're not. Um, mate, when I was thinking like Daryl Mitchell, second test hundred, um, batting with Blundell, I was like, who the fuck is Blund- Blundell and Mitchell? Like, Blundell and Mitchell. Who are those guys? <laughs> Mitchell and Blundell. Like, who, who are these? Like, New Zealand just like, keep churning out these amazing. They've got like a squad of like 25. World class players, and they mm. probably sh- they got in the position they probably should have won this game. Probably, oh yeah, they didn't. But it's like, ah, ah, New Zealand, <laughs> so unfair. So they got a guy, AJ Patel, took ten for, took ten for in a test. I mean, yeah. You it's know, like, I mean, on the other hand, spin. like they they match up well to England, but like, yeah, I'm still they really do. I'm still really torn because, like. My honest view of the 2019 Ashes that's related back to Australia is that, like, Steve Smith was Bradman and, like, we had some good players yeah. and we bo- usually bowl pretty well, yeah. but, like, we can never score a fucking run there. Yeah. Uh, and, like, in- yeah. England always raised their and game. And it was 2 2. And it was and it was two two, and we got drunk, you know, yeah. like, as well. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's 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 quite hard to beat England in England. Uh, they know how to play the conditions, and like they know how to Mate, knock you anywhere. over, and like went anywhere away from home. Yeah, and so. Is it a case where New Zealand have actually got themselves into a really good position against an English side that was feeling pretty fresh and Joe Root's at the top of his game? Pretty good start for a, for a team that touched down probably 72 hours ago, really. Uh, and mm. um, I keep hearing the term ring rusty as well. Not for me. Uh, but they were. And <laughs> Kane's not scoring any runs. Like maybe, maybe it's all upside for New Zealand. I don't know. <laughs> I still sort of feel well, really apathetic talking about them because it's fun. And I really respect them. I know. I, I really know, respect them. I but I just keep shrugging my shoulders and going, ah, oh, you know, you got mate, Kyle Jamison killed it. He's a great player. Uh, it, such know. a good player. Yeah. There's a lot mate, to enjoy. Mate, if you look at that, but that bowling guys like Wagner, um, Henry, mm. uh, they've got so many good bowlers in the ranks. Mm. Um, and, uh, and they'll, They'll have good batters come. Um, what's his name? Um, no, not going to remember. Not going to remember a New Zealand <laughs> key New Zealand player's batter's name now. Who didn't play in this Test match is going to come in for Will Young, and I can't think of the guy's name. La Nichols Henry Nichols. Oh yeah, yeah, <clears> yeah, Nico. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, New Zealand are good, um, but like, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I wonder. But I wonder. Have like, you enjoyed that I Kiwi fans? <laughs> yeah, you guys are good, but we're just unsure about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I don't, England, England aren't good enough to win three tests in a row. I don't think. I mean, to to win three tests in a row, it takes effort. But they go to Trent Bridge now, typically the flattest wicket in England. So what they do with the with the bowling ranks is interesting. There, I suspect Wagner will come in and just try and bump blokes. Um, and they might not play a spinner though. 
It, it has turned there in the past. It has turned there in the past, apparently, because I'm from Nottingham. Um, all right. Well, um, if you actually want some um, some sort of words from a guy who was actually at the game, uh, who breathed it all in, is an England cricket fan himself, uh, sort of. He's a um, journo. He's uh, not a fan. He's a journo. <laughs> Uh, Ali Martin of The Guardian uh, He is 20 minutes with Ali right now My grind's about family Never been about fame Some days I wasn't able There was always Hey! Always a pleasure to be joined By one of the senior most Cricket correspondents in the UK He's with The Guardian It's Ali Martin Ali, welcome back to The Great Cricketer For this season Hello boys uh, Great to be back Great to be back Ali, is England back? Oh, I mean, undoubtedly, you know. <laughs> no, uh, look, to be honest, I think, I mean, I really think they did have to get over the line yesterday at Lords um, because I don't think New Zealand are going to be that sort of rusty as they were on day one. Um, but to be honest, it does it does do quite a bit getting that win. Obviously, it gets Ben Stokes off to a good start, gets Brendan McCullum's sort of new philosophy off to a sort of winning start as well and just kind of stops the rot, to be honest, because... Um, you know, that was a long and painful winter. Uh, you know, I, I sort of was traipsing around Australia and the Caribbean, as beautiful as they are, um, but kind of writing the same story pretty much every day. So just just to see them uh, turn it around a bit and, and sort of inject a bit of positivity and actually put a bit of flesh on the bones of the positivity, because there's been a lot of talk for this series about a new era and people feeling optimistic and what have you. But really ultimately is what they do out on the field. And, um, you know, thanks to, essentially thanks to, I'd say, the sort of game-breaking abilities of Stuart Broad and then just Joe Root, absolutely impeccable, you know, incredible century that was. Uh, his first in the fourth innings um, to get him over the line and, and weirdly without any sort of wobbles or troubles, um, you know, once the usual top order had uh, sort of fallen apart. So, yeah, it was a, a restorative win, albeit, I guess, caveat, would be that what did we really learn I mean Matt Potts looks a, a great young find and I'm personally very encouraged by the start he's made because I think he, I think that kid's definitely got something but ultimately you're looking at kind of the, the established players that got England there just on just on Joe Root Ali two questions first of all why do they still boo him um and second of all <laughs> and second of all is enough respect being put on Joe Root's name like it's just it's ten thousand runs fastest ever it's amazing like he, he's he's got to get half as many again to pass 10 Dorka. but like he's he's what 30 31 10 000 runs there's like this theme in his career about not converting to hundreds and then sort of losing the captaincy although he did step down from the captaincy but sort of losing that but there's sort of this narrative that like he's and maybe hasn't achieved what he could have done but it, it's amazing what he's doing i mean 900 since 2021 averaging 50 plus or whatever he averages 10,000 runs like that but is he getting the respect yeah uh I'd have to say that you know I think I think when people were talking about the big four a while ago and maybe he was you know the kind of the, the fourth member of that um that the possibly you know we were looking at as possibly a bit of unfulfilled talent there in terms of as you say the number of our centuries he looked he, he's never had an inability to get to 50 and 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 do it in a way that you don't almost don't notice how he's doing it but there was that kind of you know that kind of mental issue that he had that was just getting turning those into the big match defining scores 
something about the last 18 months has clicked um, impressively. I, I think probably he's, you know, I think maybe getting the World Cup out of his system in 2019, I think that probably had quite a big a big effect there because he's really been able to focus on test cricket. Um, and and weirdly, that the, the captaincy didn't affect it. So we kind of, you know, towards the end of his captaincy, as, as the kind of bits were falling off the team, uh, he was just this, you know, an absolute island of class in a, in a sea of mediocrity um, amongst amongst the batters. And and so really now having got this hundred, the first one back in the ranks, um, you know, you probably flip that around and say, does, does taking the captaincy away from him, does he does he sort of lose his purpose and his place in the team, etc.? cetera? Um, but, you know, he's answered that, uh, uh, you know, pretty much straight away. So, um, so yeah, we're looking at something pretty special right now, and it's it's a huge boon for for Ben Stokes for to have Joe Root in that side because you know as is well documented, um, there are guys sort of trying to find their feet around him. So to have that sort of permanence of class there from Root does so much for the start of Ben Stokes' captaincy because as encouraging as that win was, it is going to be a long road back to to being a you know a, a competitive side in, in terms of the top teams in the world. You mentioned this up the top. Ali, uh, the the senior guys showed up for this game. It was quite familiar in a lot of ways. I know England hasn't had a lot of Ws, as they say, you know, in, in the last however many matches. We don't even have to say anymore. I think it's 18. You know, you've got a Root 100. <laughs> Broad and Anderson are instrumental in their own way. Stokes scores runs in the fourth innings. Bit of luck, but he still does a great job. Um so one lesson of the match and McCullum was willing to impart this straight away is you will get your best players on the field at home and you'll probably be close to okay in England. My question is, did you see anything at the ground that made you um, think that some of those gaps in the side are closer to being addressed or filled, whether it be at the top of the order, in the middle? Um, maybe, maybe you think Ben Folks deserves a longer period in the side. Um, but because these seem to be the areas that are going to be the difference between England um, climbing back up the ladder or just being a side that's okay at home. Yeah, uh, well, I think if you're looking at the support cast, then, um, yeah, I think I think that folks innings does plenty for him. That was actually his home debut. You know, the guy made his, made his England debut back in 2018, but that was the first time he's played at home for a variety of reasons, part mainly Joss Butler, but also an unfortunate injury last year when he, he slipped in his on a sock in the dressing room and tore a hamstring or something. So he, he's been a bit, bit unlucky there, but I think that'll do a lot for him being there at the end with Root alongside him. You know, that was a you know that was a hundred partnerships to get his team over the line, and he and he did it in pretty cool fashion. So that that does plenty for him. The top order is such a hardy perennial um, and you're really looking at the very, very small green shoots of recovery there. I, Alex Lees is, is a strange one. We've, we've not actually spoken to him at all since he made his England debut. He, he preferred not to chat before he made his debut. He wanted to just focus on his cricket. And then he's not done anything since the kind of commands, uh, you know, a press conference at the end of play. But he has, in his last six innings, he's made a start each time. Uh, and probably the last one, the, the 20 he made, you know, obviously he got bold leaving one and he probably confused himself by changing his guard mid-innings there, um, which I found a bit strange. But he looked uh, he looked a, a, a lot more comfortable, I should say, in the environment. Uh, and he played a much more positive. He's, he's quite a static player when he's not playing well, but here he looked a bit more proactive. Um, Zach Crawley, again, a sort of a princely 40-odd in the first innings. Um, uh, I think, uh, to be fair, I think he got out to a good ball to Carl Jameson in the second innings um, and Ollie Pope, who I think they're asking so much of Ollie Pope to, to bat at three 
we know the guy's got a high ceiling, but you're just making it harder for him to reach it by being in an unfamiliar position. But overall, collectively, I've got to say there's a big uptick in the fielding. Um, and, and maybe you should expect that at the start of a start of a summer. You want to, you know, there should be fresh energy out there. Uh, but I think Johnny Bairstow with those three catches on the first day really set the tone there. And to be honest, they kept hitting the stumps uh, with their shies, which, you know, throughout the whole of the Australia tour and the Caribbean, I can't remember a single time that even a speculative shy actually hit the bullseye. But this test match, they did, they did it three or four times. And then sure enough, if you're doing that consistently, you can create a wicket from nowhere. And that we obviously saw that in the middle of that uh, quite remarkable team hat-trick that Stuart Broad managed to whip up. So that. There are kind of incremental positives there to be found. Uh, but then also we'd probably, if Colin de Grandheim doesn't overstep and Stokes has bowled for one in that run chase, you know, maybe we're maybe maybe the, the, the doom and gloom is there. So we should temper any sort of excitement about this start, but it is a start and there were some discernible positives there. Just uh, as an England cricket fan, Ali, like what do you want out of this summer? I feel like the... Um, I feel like the uh, the World Cup sort of looms on the horizon because I feel like this England uh, generation of white ball players are too good to have won merely one trophy. Like they 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 must want more, and that sort of looms large a little bit. But there's obviously Test match summer against New Zealand, South Africa to come. But like, what what do you, what do you want out of the England summer runs? Uh, or you know, Matty Potts by well, so that was that was good. But like like, what what do you want? Uh, what, mate, I think you're confusing me for someone else. All I ever want is an easy write-up at the end of the, at the end of the day. That's like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's no fandom here. It's just, it's just whatever works out best for me. Uh, you know, what do I want? Three-day test matches? You know, very quick, quick games. A good game. You know. Um, no, what? Well, what are England trying to get out of this summer? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the focus is on test cricket here, pretty much. Um, the white ball mach- machine, as it is, um, is a pretty is pretty well oiled, um, and I think they're going to be a, a fair few reserves and kind of second string players used this summer because the resources will all go towards the test team. Um, I do think that that to really cement the legacy under Owen Morgan, that they've got to turn it into a maybe a second trophy in Australia this year. And I'd like to think that the pitches in Australia, you know, fast and bouncy and hard should suit England. The one question being probably over their death bowling. But um, so I'm not saying that looks after itself, that team, because complacency will only see the team go one way, but they obviously start from a much higher position. This summer really is about progress with the test team. It's about Ben Stokes bedding in as captain, really getting his messages across. I think, you know, Brendan McCullum, you know, it's an exciting appointment as head coach and, but again, it's going to take time for his kind of approach to, you know, filter through. He's only been in the job a week and he spent, he, I didn't see him throw a single ball in training. And all he seems to really do is sit on the balcony and sort of emit vibes and guys are kind of queuing up to sit next to him. It's, it's, it's quite embarrassing at times. Oh, but, hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I would love, I'd love to sit next to him. He looks like a top bloke. But the... Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, and, and you're right, I think run, runs is the big one. I think runs is the big one because there's such an injury crisis in the bowling at the moment that you're just hoping they can get through. And there's, there's you know, there's, once again, we're back to Anderson and Broad. Not that that's a bad thing because they're two quality operators, but, you know, expectations there are going to be have to be tempered because there's, there's not a huge depth at the moment because of the absolute spate of back stress fractures and various other injuries that, that's left them pretty light there. But I think it's trying to forge a cohesive, unit with the bat um from which you know uh, results should hopefully follow but it, you know you're just looking you just want progress you just want an uptick because that was a 
pretty brutal winter that we the English cricket went through. And um, but when the test team's doing all right, people feel much better about themselves. Um, Ali, would Matt Parkinson be feeling good about himself? Uh, so just for context, uh, he has to make his debut, his test debut. I say has to make it like it's his obligation. Um, I mean, of course, he could have turned it down, but. He has to do it sort of after, you know, after a few hours of racing down, is it the M1 from Manchester or whatever? And so like on the, on the one hand, like he, he doesn't have a week to stew on his debut because we know spinners famously, um, you know, they have issues in their head. Uh, And on the other hand, he's got one single highway down the country to think solely about his debut, where he's going to be starting in a few hours. So the only question that matters is, did Shane Warne's heavenly ghost approve of Matt Parkinson or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> mm, good, good, a good question. It's incredible. I mean, look, there you are. You're mentioning Shane Warne. I, I, this is like, I mean, I, I did say or some I shit. It, yeah, <laughs> but it's remarkable. You know, I, I kind of uh, when a batter makes their debut, do people start sort of holding them up against Bradman? You know, do we do we look at the do we look at Matt Potts and say, wow, he's not quite Glenn McGrath yet, is he? But you know, there's so um, it's incredible. That, you know, but English English cricket's relationship with leg spin is just you know, uh, what is my colleague Andy Ball right? He said it was it should be between English cricket and then and his therapist or whatever. You know, maybe, but it's 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 a long-standing problem sort of misunderstanding of how leg spin works um i think parkinson should feel pretty good about himself he's off the mark he got you know i thought i thought it was a pretty good bit of captaincy from ben stokes to bring him on against tim southey when tim southey you know it's a bit of a gamble a bit of a risk but it, there was a risk reward there and and it actually shut down that that new zealand innings when you know we're looking at 20 30 more runs new zealand maybe get a second crack a crack with a second new ball in that Absolutely. run chase uh, but it was it was obviously a supporting role that, that he was playing out there. Um, we didn't see much spin for either spinner. Obviously, Ajaz Patel got you know got a bit of treatment from Stokes in the run chase as well. So it, it wasn't it, there weren't conditions to where a spinner is going to you know sort of run through a side. Um, and he did a, a very small but but not 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 unimportant role at the back end of that innings. And you know I think he should probably walk away feeling pretty good about himself and. Uh, I guess the question is whether he's sort of got the mental fortitude to kind of block out um, a lot of the early hot takes um, that, are, that that were flying around, particularly about his pace. Um, you know, that's is that something he's got to work work with, or is that something that can make him a unique bowler? Because he does, you know, he's a bit of a, he produces a lot of wicket taking deliveries in county cricket, and his his average is in you know in the low twenties. Maybe that says more about county batters. I don't know, but. Um, you know, I think I think he should be feeling pretty good about himself. And um, that trip down the M1 was, you know, via Keel services and no doubt a sort of Ginster's pasty from WH Smith when he was uh, on route. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's that, that's he, yeah. He 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 should reflect on it on a good week. And I, I think he's gonna he's gonna play a bit of blast cricket between now and the, and the Trent Bridge Test um, at his request, where he's gonna come up against his twin brother Callum, who's the left-arm spinner for Leicestershire. Um, but I think with Jack Leach, poor old Jack Leach, that was his first home test in three years. Um, you know, he, he McCullum's big thing or one of his big pronouncements was you need to chase every ball to the boundary. Um, Jack Leach does exactly that, tumbles over his, his head and he's concussed. I mean, it just, you know, really feel sorry for him. His sort of back to playing protocols mean that he is technically ready to play in the uh, in the Trent Bridge test, whether England 
uh, feel that's a, a big ask for a guy coming off the back of, of seven days out of a concussion is is another question. I'd probably expect Parkinson to hold his place unless it's a you know seeming conditions and and they look at the extra seamer. Uh, just finally, Ali, we won't mention New Zealand. Let's face it; they're just Washington Generals uh, as a as a world <laughs> champions. Whatever, nice that nice yeah. them to come out. Um, seventeen wickets uh, on day one in Ahmedabad. Um, you know that generally reflects some fundamental lack of truth yeah. in a wicket, um, as pronounced by Chino wearing um, tanned, slim, low BMI English commentariat guys. But when it's seam and swing, <laughs> and I'm at Lords. And I've got a pims in my hand, and there's you know remnants of a line of raz in the bathroom toilets at eleven thirty a.m. You know it's sublime skill. So how how do you think the deck played? I think it, I think it played all right. I mean, it's it's funny that one. I, you know, yeah, I, obviously I can't be a spokesperson for the for the English commentary, as you say, and I can only call it as I see it. And my memories that I made about Test were that were that the ball was more responsible than anything that the pitch was throwing up. That ball, the extra lacquer on it, balls were skidding straight on or, or, or turning without any discernible change of action from the bowler. Um, that made it a bit of a lottery. In England, yeah, you can get, you know, calamitous days, 17 wickets, you know, the, the barely the, the gates barely shut on the on the picket fence in front of the pavilion, people coming and going, absolute carnage, pads flying everywhere in the dressing room, etc. Um, but in England, I guess a spinning wicket maybe doesn't get better. In England, you know, a a pitch can start off green and, and move around a bit. Obviously, you have swing as well, which, you know, what, what can you do about that? Um, and you probably had a ring rusty team in New Zealand, you know, pitching up at Lords after pretty poor pre preparation uh, and England a side low on confidence. So I think it was a kind of perfect storm for that. Um, and so I, I just think it's a bit of a false equivalence, to be honest. Uh, not that I personally had an issue with the pitch at Ahmedabad. I probably exactly. The, That's the uh, secret answer. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that is it. But yeah. yeah, albeit, I think, I think, I think the pink SG ball needs a, needs a bit of, needs a bit of work. But um, you know, it was it was a chaotic start to the to the and 250 runs and 17 wickets on the opening day. But I think, or as the game went on, and actually, I tell you what was interesting. I, what I found more interesting was on day two when things calmed down a bit. And Mitchell and Blundell put on that big partnership and suddenly England start thinking well suddenly there's a bit of chat going around you know England haven't got any X factor here they've got the you know the two old boys getting a bit leggy out there they've got this young whippersnapper he looks like a very traditional English seaman where's the X factor where's the pace where's the and I think to myself hang on a minute this this is just a regular day of test cricket we've seen probably again 250 runs seven wickets have fallen um and England did all right they hung in there well and and um if this is the last question I can't believe you're not going to ask about the team hat trick with Stuart Broad you know, uh, <laughs> whipping up, whipping up the crowd. It's like it's like you're in complete denial about it. That was that was one of the, the great moments of the podcast. Right, it's the most village uh, thing I've ever yeah, had in my time. That's team right. Hat yeah, team hat tricks at, at test stuff. level. Yeah, that is bin, bin stuff. stuff. But bin stuff. we also, yeah. you know. <laughs> We we have another section talking about the game ourselves as well. Like and and to that end, um, and so we'll talk about broad there. But like uh, to that end, we appreciate your time, <laughs> Ali, at short. And we will say that it's been stuff. But um, but yeah, we really we really appreciate your time. Um, and thank you for lending um a big air of credibility to the conversation. Uh, so and especially at short notice, man. So yeah, hopefully catch up with you throughout the summer if you're keen to do it uh, after this exchange. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Love, love chatting to you boys. And um, yeah, 
good, good to see England back up and running. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, should be a fun <laughs> summer, whatever. <laughs> well, that's what cheers, Ali. Thank you very much to Ali Martin of The Guardian for giving us his time. Uh, and we welcome him back. Welcome him back for the summer ahead, uh, amongst others. Um, you know, you get, you get value. You get value. Oh, you get a couple it's an of hour. Talking about Draymond Green. And then you get, and then you get, you get Ali Martin. Just, just telling us what really happened at the cricket. So that's good. Um, but, of course, what people are really tuning in for, Pez, this week is uh, Sri Lanka, Australia. Yeah. Uh, three T20s, five ODIs, two tests. That first test starts at the end of June, June 29, so it's a little while away. But uh, in between there, eight white ball games for Australia and Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka. Oh, this is, this is, real, this is, this is titillating. Uh, in all seriousness, if Australia don't win both these series, I will be fucking livid. Oh, yeah. Livid. They, they, they must. They, mate, if they if they lose more than two games, I'll be incandescent with rage. That really? includes the tests. Really? Like I mean, yeah, yeah. If they lose, if they, so they're playing. They're playing ten games. Ten games, Pez. So that's three T twenties, five ODIs, two tests, ten matches. And if Australia Australia lose more than two, that's failure. That's but failure. you know how it is. It's like it's Sri Lanka. It's at, you know, we're all asleep. Things can happen in yeah. white ball games overseas. I'm you not know. watching it. Oh, no, no, I know. It's like, <laughs> they'll, you know, they'll be experimenting. Uh, like, yeah. you know, they're not With without. They're, they're, they're with it. Yeah, that's right. And that's going to make things yeah. difficult for them. Sometimes Good for some people, <laughs> like Andrew Johns, um, who played for New South Wales. Uh, and <laughs> one, got, one more game than you and I. He got a game for New South Wales. <laughs> Fucking hell, what an era. Mm, what an era. <laughs> I saw a footy show clip the other night come up. It was Shane Shackleton of the Parramatta Reels impersonating Fooey Fooey yeah. Moy Moy with dreadlocks. Uh, that was an era too. Anyway, um, oh, about me. 5% of people understand that. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, mate. I, and I don't know. Things could happen. Uh, and they're going to say they're experimenting with stuff. They're without Zampa. Um, and best of luck to him and Harriet expecting a child shortly. And um, and Cummins is rested as well. I think. I mean, the, the for me the thing is, seven of the eleven guys who are playing tonight did a full IPL. Steve Smith's batting mm. up five. Um, that probably mm. works in Sri Lanka, to be honest. Uh, for me, yeah. Maybe. Can Can Aaron Finch still play the code? That's an eternal um, thing to watch. Yeah. Uh, Kane yeah. Richardson beats Jai Richardson and Sabah to to Cummins' spot. Josh Inglis misses out after doing pretty well in, against Sri Lanka. They've probably, you know, if, if it doesn't work for Finch, that's probably the big one for me. But um, other than yeah. that, they, mm. you know, they should, Agar's going to be frontline spinning. I think he's a good cricketer. You expect them to win every game and every moment of every match at all times. Yes, you're right with experimentation because they've, they've taken six spinners to Sri Lanka. Mm. They're taking uh, Agar... Fucking hell. I've yeah, I can do I've it. Swepson. All them. Kuhneman. Tanvir Sanger. Todd Murphy, yeah. who we're about to speak to. Murphy. Yeah, and Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon. Oh, Nathan Lyon. Lyon. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Australia's like fourth most uh, test wickets ever. Um, yeah, so they're taking six spinners there. Uh, I know George Bailey said that there's there's a real, there's a real dearth of talent there. So um, so they're, I think they're just trying to get as much experience into these guys. 
um, as possible. But uh, it does seem to me, I want to see can Mitchell Marsh still fucking carry this team? Um, he's he's had a he's had a he had a pretty good back end to the IPL. He had a wonderful World Cup. He did he he just single handedly won a couple of games for Australia in that Bangladesh West Indies series last year when we couldn't play the sport anymore. Um, and he's into a he's in a rich vein of form at the moment with his um with his white ball shit. So that's interesting. But it does feel to me like the narrative really does rely on Aaron Finch and if he can still play this sport anymore. Because uh, if I think. If he has a lean series here, there's probably just long enough that they're going to start experimenting with other guys. I, I, I mean, three T20s. I think he's got to get it. He's, he's got to get at least one fifty. I think. I, I think if he's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's arbitrary, isn't it, to say like we need to get, he needs to get hit one hundred and twenty five runs in those three games, otherwise he's out. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it does feel like if they're going to make a change at the top and with the captaincy, now's a long enough time to. Rebuild before yeah. the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think with, you know with I mean? Finch, it's like, um, how's he hitting the ball, really? Because especially at T20 level, like, you, you know, there's there's like no runs, but it's bad luck. And then there's like, no, nah, he's, struggling, yeah. he's struggling to pick it up or his, his rhythm's off or his technique's out or something. And I think with Finch, it's like, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd take like, if, if he made 330s at a good clip and, it, you know, got, the power play was strong. Yeah, sure. Um, He's, he's okay. So I was just going to, like, the last year or so, he's just, he's just looked really out of sync. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he can cash in on slower wickets maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, mate. I, yeah, I, I think by and large, though, that T20 team's a pretty happy team, you know? Even, like, talking to Dave Warner for our Delhi stuff mm. a few weeks ago, mm. he, was, he mm. specifically called out the Australian T20 team as a team that likes to get into the showers, you know? So, like, even, yeah. you know, and Warner's been in a few teams, and it just gave me the you know True. gave me a distinct impression. If they're a team that tubs together, then that mm. I feel safe and happy with that. You know because there's enough like uh, you know woke virtue signalling guys in there as well who are who live sustainably. And I and I think the nexus of of sustainable living and tubbing is really the future of Australian cricket, and it's best exemplified by mm. the current world champions, the T Twenty sides. So like I expect a bit of bench strength will be shown here, um, and. Uh, and and I expect bulk victories <laughs> on the back on the back of it that. Feels, yeah, it feels the same as like England's white ball setup is like it seems like a fun team. The, the white ball is a fun team. Yeah, also Hitting because bombs. they're all they're all just playing franchise cricket, just float around, mm. uh, get a bit of bunts in the old back pocket, yeah. uh, give it a whack, get off, hit bomb, <laughs> hit bombs, take your catches, bowl a couple, land a couple slower balls, have a tub. It's fucking T Twenty cricket. Get- Piss on That's each other's legs. We'll be talking about future cricket. <laughs> Get trough man in. Get trough man in. Um, I, I just on Patreon. He um, goes. So I just if you do like the Patreon, yeah. we've been talking about trough man who lies in in troughs and liked to get pissed on in the seventies and the eighties. Um, and we also spoke yeah. to a guy as well last week. He goes who again speaking of tubbing stuff. Um, Liam last week wrote in, hadn't played cricket since the age of 11, wanted to return to the game at age 27. Normally that's because people have identity or dad issues when it comes to runs and wickets. Um, but he actually yeah. wanted to get back involved because, as he describes, he was he's a largely heterosexual guy and he just wanted to yeah. experience the panoply of cocks uh, in, in the side. Panoply of cocks. So um, yeah. he'd yeah. really enjoy the Australian T20 side too. Patreon.com. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash great cricketer if you're into that sort of gear. Um, India South Africa is a series that's also coming up. They're playing five T20s all in India. The first game is in Delhi on Thursday. 
Um, no, I don't really have much to say about this. Uh, we're also not covering uh, West Indies, Pakistan. I'm just telling you, it's a series that's going on. India's playing. That means uh, that means lots of interest in that. Um, feels like a lot of guys are getting a lot. Of, a lot of teams are getting into this. Is post IPL now with cricket starting again, but um, not many Test matches at the moment, apart from the India, uh, sorry, the New Zealand England series or the England New Zealand series, if that's how you want to phrase it. Um, but yeah, all these guys are getting ready for the T20 World Cup, which is obviously in October. October in Australia? Yeah. October, November, right? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. So um, teams, are, uh, countries are getting their, their shit sorted for that. Anything to have for India, South Africa, first game Thursday, Pez, big one. Looking forward uh, to it. So India's testing their bench strength. No Sharma, Kohli, Bumrah, yeah. um, Jadeja, it's possibly. Uh, well, he's definitely out. Um, it, thankfully, India have 87 backups for in each position. I think the one to watch is probably Umran Malik, see if he gets a game. Bloke bowls absolute wheels, yeah. um, but it's loose. Wheels. So he bowls middle over stuff, but it's just wheels in India, so that's exciting. That That's a, that's a feeling I might have. South Africa's gone in with yeah. a strong side. Um, yeah, just absolutely cannot wait for this uh, series or some shit. Um yeah, uh, for those who haven't watched the IPL at all, Umran Malik is a guy who's playing for Sunrisers Hyderabad, um, and he was bowling like 155s consistently uh, in the IPL. So his bowls fucking rapid. But then also Lockie Ferguson bowled the ball in the IPL final, which was 157 k's an hour. Mm. So that's Lockie Ferguson, 157 k's mm. an hour. Fucking yeah, hell, that is. Him. That's yeah. So there's that. Um, now on the future of cricket, Pez, um, you would have seen during the week, some comments by the head of the ICC about, uh, well, particularly around to women's cricket, um, that uh, there, is, there is no interest really in, in sort of um, developing women's test matches, or even for that matter, men's test matches, and there's just going to be white ball deluxe. Now, I sort of took away from that. Now, obviously, <clears throat> that's upset a lot of people because, uh, well, especially in Australia and England, where test matches have been quite successful. I think, I think, I think that's fair to say they've been successful mm. in the consumption of the sport. What it said to me was, in the modern day of monetizing a globalized sport, test cricket is not the way to do that. There, there, is, there is no way to uh, – no, sorry, there is a way. There's no real interest. It's not the most um, efficient way to maximize profits uh, from ah, the sport, which is ah, obviously well, what the sport is about. Yeah. Um, through test, test cricket. Test cricket is an archaic pastime, which <laughs> takes five days. If it goes into a fifth day around the world, I think grounds, counties, states often lose money if the game goes five days. Um, broadcasters <laughs> lose money as well. So there's no real interest in that. That's also part of the reason why there's a four-day test match discussion endlessly. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, so it's it's it seems upsetting because hey, we, we've just we've covered the IPL for two months and look, the IPL is really good fun it, and it's and it's really good cricket and it's there's something there for you every night. You have a bite, it's good. But Test cricket, I mean, come on, Test cricket, come on, come on. I think uh, anyone who I would suggest that most people listen to this are like are really big cricket fans, right? Uh, you're probably not going to get passing interest cricket fans in this. Um, come on, boys! Just get you, just just try and get to the cock stuff quicker. Um, <laughs> Where's the panoply stuff? You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> so I think people. I'm I'm already pressing to the choir. People like Test cricket. I mean, there's so many better narratives. We've just spoken for a fucking hour about one Test match went for five, went for three and a half days. Um, you know, it's that's that's where the richness of the sport is. But there ain't no money in it. So let's just get a couple more T20s. Uh, blokes playing each other way more, just moving around, franchises, new shirts, new something for the eyes, fireworks, a couple of R&B dancers when the four gets hit, a couple of cooies when the bowler gets changed. Uh, let's give it a whack, it out. See you later. <laughs> so let's do uh, that. the head of the ICC's Greg Barclays, is a Kiwi guy, and they put, he, he came out with some comments 
this week um, because they're about to put the <laughs> about to put the future tours program together for like twenty twenty three to twenty thirty one. So it's the program that basically says who's playing whom in what format for like eight years, yes. uh, and that's obviously a pretty pretty long process, and it reflects the priorities of international cricket, really. And he made some. Um, I mean, I found his comments like they were refreshingly like pointed or d- refreshingly direct yeah. and seemed to be honest and uh he, honest yeah he just it, that part was refreshing i think what it revealed w- was less fun or good but men's test cricket he says is something that represents the legacy and history of the game uh but it was costing nations money to play the longest format and he was sort of saying that like yeah the yeah the shorter formats they actually help sustain test cricket you know, so you can't, you know, sort of, you can't sledge those formats so much because that's what keeps Test cricket going. But that, you know, a lot of the member nations, basically, not India, Australia, and England, they're going to have to play less Test cricket because they can't afford to play. Just basically, you know, they're going to have to play less Test cricket. Uh, now, I'm like, uh, look, not just going to make loose comments on this without really interrogating it too much. Like, I think parking the idea of, um, a bit less test cricket for non-member or for, for those non um, big three nations. That's one thing. Like I, I was disappointed to hear that they're basically saying, "Oh, we're, we're gonna, we're not really that keen on women's test cricket," you know, because it doesn't make money. It's not sustainable. It's like, well, you yeah. know, if you say that, then that's what that's what it's going to be. I mean, we see with women's with women's cricket that if you do make investments, you do let it be a loss leader if it needs to be for a little bit of time. It's just like any investment; it will start to reward you if you mm. make that investment. You know, uh, like I'm surprised with the um, with the momentum of women's cricket generally trending up that uh, that mm. that they don't make more provisions to see if they can make this a um, a more viable thing. I was I, I just thought the the tone of the comments was disappointingly dismissive of the idea. Uh, you know, we we can all be adult enough and understand profit and loss, dollars and cents, all of that kind of thing. But it did seem a little bit kind of crassly geared to, to me, crassly geared towards, um, well, you know, like in grade cricket terms too, which is which is how it should be, side mouth just like, well, there's, yeah, no, there's, no, there's no profit in it. So, you know, why would we pursue that? Like, in it. Oh, well, if there's no profit in it right now, let's just sack it off. I mean, I'd say they, sh- they should yep. keep investing in that. You know, I think it will help grow the game longer term. And I think it's the same, the same thing can yep. broadly or philosophically be said about other nations that don't make money from test cricket yet as well. You know, I, I think that there should be more collectivist approach to it. I think more money from the richer nations should go back into it to keep it going because I'm actually not that against a bit less test cricket because it makes test cricket more special. That's, that's why mm. um, I, I'm not necessarily for endless fucking domestic t20 cricket you know i'm not i'm not on that train at well, all i understand that's, that's where yeah. it's going um but driving that is bulk profit you know i i, yep. I think but I, I just feel skeptical about these decisions being made by administrators whom for whom there's a um concerning lack of custodianship in their protection yep. of the game longer term and 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 more, more being driven by perhaps a two or three year tenure in the post where you deliver profit in that time to your board and jump the fuck out to another job. And then and yeah. the fans of the game or the audience of the game are continually told that, well, if we can't make bulk profit now, then we're not going to invest in it. It's like, let, I, I just prefer a little bit more long term 
uh, yeah, thinking mate, it, and it protection. Feel, it, it feels extremely short-term as so that, that exact principle where if you are put into a position of power, of custodianship of the game, where your directive is to make as much money as possible in your time and then you move on to fucking, you know, European handball um, mm. to try and get some money out of that. That's obviously, that's, mm. you, that's oh, a damn. general transition from the Mate, ICC European, European handball. handball. It's fucking, it's a big growth market. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right, that's right, yeah. Um, then... Uh, you know that's that, it's what's an issue, isn't it? It's it's an issue. Um, but but I also think like if like how many domestic T Twenty leagues are there going to be? Because India's just going to swallow them all up. We we also say like it's also weird how they've they've sort of binned women's Test cricket. Haven't binned it, but they it's definitely a low priority when they've never actually tried to run it in India, which is obviously the epicenter financially of the sport. So like, but they now are going to try and run like the IPL, the women's IPL, which they did. They had like some exhibition games at the. Mm. The back end of the men's IPL just just here's a trial, um, and also if you go to the IPL website, um, you can go to like men's and women's. There's like a tab at the top, and the women's tab is just like it's functionless because there is no women's IPL just yet. But you know <laughs> it's coming. And then and then we saw with Lisa, yeah, exactly. Yeah, bad gateway. <laughs> you're, you're fucking telling me, bad fucking through the gateway. Uh, come on. Um, <laughs> it's fucking so lazy. Through that's the gate. So that's pedestrian. Yeah, through the gate. Um, then we saw like Elisa Healy the other day talking. Uh, the other day it was about a year ago now, where she was talking about how the the women's IPL was going to be um, slated at the same time the women's big bash is, just to fucking monopolise that whole thing. Because obviously then the women's big bash is dead, and then and then everyone just goes plays. Yeah, so it's just I don't know. Mate, it's it's difficult to, issues, to but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What you're telling me. Um, all right, Pez. I think um, that we should crack on and talk to Todd Murphy. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. But before we do that, Pez, we've also got to thank uh, our dear friends at Budgie Smuggler, where they're running the most ordinary rig competition. They are, he goes. Uh, we talked about this last week. We've had some, we, not entrance, we've had some submissions via our speak pipe where we've asked people to tell us about their rigs and their relationship to their rigs. This is all part of Budgie Smuggler's UK's most ordinary rig competition. Entrance are open until June 12th. Okay, so if you want to post your rig to go into the running for a 12-month modelling contract with Budgie Smuggler, a billboard in your hometown saying, welcome to town, X home to UK's most ordinary rig, an all-expenses-paid trip to Australia in 2023 to compete in the world's most ordinary rig, and a sash with UK's most ordinary rig, which is very prestigious, what you've got to do is post a pic that captures your personality in Smugglers with hashtag Budgie Smuggler UK and at Budgie Smuggler UK. Okay, the final, the finale is, on London, is in London on July 2nd. All you've got to do is post some shit, okay? And we're celebrating ordinary rigs. This isn't about saying you've got to have a fun, you've got to be able to grate cheese on it and shit like that. And so in order to help amplify that, we thought, well, why don't we just ask a couple of people about rigs? We talk about rigs a lot on the show. Just, we're just going to be two entrants today, okay? But what we're doing is we're asking you, get onto that link, which we'll put in the show notes, Okay, get onto that link, speakpipe.com slash TGC. Tell us just 30 seconds. What's your relationship to your rig? My relationship to my rig is I'm learning to appreciate it. I'm learning to appreciate what it can offer. Okay? I'm learning to appreciate what it can offer. Keep repeating it. But here's what a couple of other people here's what a couple of other people said. Here goes, can you show us? So my rig and it's probably typical of a twenty one year old bloke who hasn't really got much going on in life like beer belly couple of stone overweight my relationship with it is couldn't care less um yeah covered in hair if it was if i could relate my rig 
to a cricket player, it would be batting at nine and not bowling and doing fine leg to fine leg. All right, should we go again? Uh, yep, next one. Here's, here's the second one. The key to the rig is all about the shoulder blades. It's all about if they're down and back. If they're not down and back, little hunched, looks a bit sloppy no matter what you're working with. Once the posture's in line, straight up and down, you could have very little shit, which is what I got, but it pops it. It's all about the pop. <laughs> it's a broad church. That's you know. That's uh, it's that's a rich tapestry of uh, uh, of sloppy rigs. That's what do you make really, of that posture wise? He goes as a as a resident rigsman. Uh, I mean, he's he's right at the end there, isn't he? Down. Oh that. yeah. No, for sure, for sure. But you got, you got to be careful when you're looking into like invisible lat syndrome where it looks like you're carrying a couple of briefcases out to the side here. If, you know, yeah. just doing that. Just really trying to expand it back. Car- um, carrying a couple of watermelons. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's not a good look for anyone. But I think uh, that uh, our American compatriot is, uh, is correct with that mm. assessment. If you're slunched over, you get a little bit of a paunch there going on. No good. Yeah. No good. No good. But we're celebrating, we're celebrating the ordinariness. So we want to hear from you. What's your relationship to your rig? Do you have any comments on rigs? Speakpipe.com slash TGC. And if you want to enter UK's most ordinary rig, just post your pick that captures your personality in Smugglers to hashtag BudgieSmuggleruk and at BudgieSmuggleruk. He goes, will you, can you post all of that in the show notes so people can see some shit? I suppose I can do that for... Everyone out there. Um, all right, should we, spoke to, should we speak to Australia's latest off-spinning sensation, 22-year-old Todd Murphy, Pez? Yeah. Okay, here he is. I like what I see. A boss like you need a boss like me. Daddy from the street, so he moved low-key. Trying to rock that mic like karaoke. This man was selected in the Australia A squad to tour Sri Lanka after just two matches for Victoria. He's 21, I want to say. Uh, he bowls offies. No one on the tour will know who he is at all. They'll think he's a bloke who's wearing a lanyard. Um, and that gives us a great number of things to discuss in this interview. What a disrespectful thing to say up the top. Uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome from Sri Lanka at 7.30 a.m. over there, Todd Murphy. Todd, welcome to The Great Cricketer. Boys, thank you very much for having me on. Um, as I said to you, Pez, I'm a massive fan of the show, so I'm actually really excited for this. Um, and I was, also, I was interested to see where you're going to go with that intro because... Obviously, you usually go through the stats, and I've got absolutely none of them. So um, you've done well. <laughs> well, that's your first mistake, Todd. I mean, you're in the Australia squad now, so I think you are for us. Even if you are a fan, keep that to yourself, obviously, and just commence the dynamic that way. Or maybe in five or six years, you'll pretend this chat never happened. Yeah. Can, can you know? First things first. You're 21. Is that right? You're 21 years of age. Yeah, 21. 21. You've played a bit of club cricket. You've played two games in Victoria. Now you have Australian kit. Um, is it fair to say that club cricket's pretty easy? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, I've done my time through club cricket. I've played, I think, four or five years at St Kilda now. So um, love my time there. Um, it's been a great, yeah, sort of um, time for me to go through there and, yeah, work towards this. So, um, yeah, obviously getting the Australian kit's always nice and it probably does beat wearing the Saints kit, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you have actually done your time in grade cricket uh, top four or five years. Don't come up with four or five years. I've been doing this for 10 and I'm still doing this Aussie kit. So don't, sorry, it's unnecessarily aggressive. Um, but, I want to, I want to ask you that, Todd, like, I mean, cricket's, cricket's weird, isn't it? Because you, 
you played two. You played two. You played two games for. You played two games for Victoria. You took four for and three for against Tasmania. You also put on. You, you scored twenty five batting at nine or something. Put on fifty runs to to win the game for Victoria to get them into the final. And then they Victoria then only pick one spinner because they're playing at the Wacker. John Holland obviously. And then a couple of weeks later, you get picked in an Aussie squad ahead of John Holland. Um, and uh, and now you're just in an Aussie side. Like that's that's a really odd rise to the Australian team. Yeah, well summed up. Um, it is. It's bizarre. Like for the whole sort of season, I wasn't even the number one spinner at Victoria. So um, yeah, played one game and then managed to do okay. And somehow I've ended up yeah over here in Sri Lanka with blokes that have played Test cricket and blokes that have played a lot of games for Australia. So it is bizarre. Um, but also, I'm not going to knock it back, and I'm yeah really excited for the tour. You were you were playing cricket at Carlin Oval in Darwin, like literally a fortnight ago, and I know that because I bought my children a solo from the canteen, and you were a couple of days away. <laughs> um, wondered if you sort of recognised me, vice versa. Nothing happened. Um, yeah. you, I could hear the opposition saying things like walking in with the bowler, uh, and now and you guys were like huddled <laughs> under a tin roof, like near the scorers, and now you're in Sri Lanka with like David Warner. Um, Thoughts, you know, like how how are we how are we dealing how are we dealing with that change in aesthetic? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because actually I did see you walking into to Carlin Oval, and um, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything to you, and I don't think you were going to say anything to me, but no, no um, one's going first. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's bizarre, like to think. Um, yeah, two weeks ago I was in Darwin playing club cricket, um, which I love. Like it was good fun up there, but and then yeah to. Um, I suppose transition over here where it's a completely different ball game, different landscape with yeah, completely different guys. It's it's been a strange sort of couple of months the way it's worked out, but yeah, Darwin, what a place. <laughs> oh, I love a place. Well, I want to ask about training, Todd. Like training for it's because when I think about like obviously when you're playing international cricket, obviously Pez and I play international cricket, we've sort of experienced the highs and lows of all that. But like yeah. you, you sort of think about okay, I'm, I'm playing against the best, right? And so you, you got to be up for that. But then I think about like actually training with the Australian cricket team, like you know, club training, you might have like one first grader, and there's basically like a, a the opening bat of second grader who fancy himself as an off spinner who like try and get you out and there'd be shit wickets and you know be having you'd be having a laugh. It's not really a training session, but the Australian cricket team, you've got to be like you have you would have to be up for that every single time you go to training because you got Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, et al., uh, you know, running into you, trying to kill you. Um, so, like, yeah, is, well, is there a transition between actually, like, going from uh, club training, although St Kilda, very good club, very successful, et cetera, to international training where, like, there is no one behind a net with arms folded having a chat because you're playing for the Australian cricket team? Yeah, well, thankfully, I don't have Stark, Hazelwood coming from that running into me over here. I sort of position myself to bowl to the batters and then, Get the feed at the end with a with a dog stick, and that's about all I get. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a big difference from from training at club land, where you can sort of just go through the motions, get what you need out of it, and um, sort of finish when you want to finish. Where over here, you sort of yeah, you got to try and impress the right people and work hard, and um, I suppose bowl your balls over here and, and get all that in. So yeah, training there like a long couple of hours, a long grind, and over here where it's when you're dripping wet because it's so hot, um, yeah, it's quite tough. Well, so, okay. also, also, so, also, Pez, guys, can't jump on the back of that, Pez. Yeah, also, I've seen, photo, I've seen photos and videos of, of guys guarding the nets with AK-47s at training. So that's, mm. um, and I am talking about St. Kilda again here, um, but that's, that is, that's... <laughs> trying that's to stop quite... guys leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about the COVID, uh, COVID marshal officer at St. Kilda. 
<laughs> We've got to get 10 boys. No one goes home until we get 10. Yeah. Um, that's but why Andrew like, that's, such a good coach. <laughs> Sorry. But that's, 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 that's weird, right? Those guys, there's military guys with machine guns guarding the nets. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it before. Uh, police escort to and from the hotel. Blokes jump out of their car and run beside the bus and make sure you get off safely. And yeah, you walk into the ground and there's blokes all the way around the ground and at the nets with, with AK-47. So yeah, you feel safe. It's great. <laughs> okay, so can we start to sort of narrow in on training and like you're 21 you've been added to the squad kind of um you know speculatively with a host of other spinners because it's sri lanka and we all know they're going to play like 18 spinners in every game they're playing and uh like how do you how did you socially and culturally manage yourself in an australian side where you've not met a lot of the guys I've got a question about your glasses later, just from an aesthetic perspective and whether you use that as an angle or whatever, but like you've got, you've got Tanvir Sangam, Matt Kuhneman, yourself there, you know, it's a bit of a sort of, you know, Swepson, a bit of a post Nathan Lyon thing. Like how do you manage yourself at training? Do you, do you let guys come into the net? If you're about to bowl, do you stop? Do you take the old balls? Um, what are just some of the things you can do so that people go, Oh, he's a good, he's a good fella. He's a good stick. Is it, is it sex stories? What are we looking at? <laughs> Um, I was actually quite lucky. I do, I do know most of the blokes on the A tour from um, Victoria, the Sixers, sort of around the trap. So there wasn't too many guys I hadn't met before. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. On training, you sort of you get in there, you sort of try and position yourself where you, where you think you might be able to compete against a guy and um, not get whacked around the whole time. So um, I also like to like to get a new cherry in my hand and um, work from there to make sure the boys know that I'm ready to go from ball once. But um, yeah, there's always it's always nice to drop in a few off-field stories um, at training and keep it keep it lighthearted with the boys. So I think uh-huh. they enjoy the side of it as well. Have you had any like, you know, you're probably not going to give this away, but like, have you had any sort of like, what are you doing here? You know, or like, what are you, what are you here for, man? Like, any any level any level of that? Who are you? Are you are you the new comms guy? I haven't had that yet, but I'm sure some of the boys are probably thinking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just I suppose they don't want to tell me that but yeah I'm, I'm sure most of them are probably thinking that when they've seen the squad come out who the hell is this bloke but yeah I'm over here now I'm bowling to them so um yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it back okay just just a follow-up to that as well like like right or wrong mainly wrong cricket's all about aesthetics you know like you wear what's been described to me anonymously by one of your colleagues as coke bottle glasses um <laughs> I'm being over familiar here, aren't I? Like, I feel like we're friends. Um, do, do you see, do you see these as a disadvantage when it comes to like the style aesthetic in cricket, um, which can be the like difference between glorious success or rank failure? You know, like run us through the, the your glasses, your relationship to them, um, and I see on your Insta that you actually have decent. You've got a six pack there as well. So, do you do you look up to Jack Leach? Um, yeah, great question. Jack Lees is obviously a massive inspiration to me and something I want to mm. aspire to be like. But mm. yeah, you're right. Cricket, all about aesthetic. Um, I've never heard the, the Coke bottle um, terminology about the glasses. But okay. um, yeah, they've, like, they're a part of me now. So I'm just going to embrace it. And if the piss gets taken out of me for it, I'm, I'm all here for that. So um, oh, the, boys, the boys at St Kilda at Victoria I get called goggles all the time. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm well and truly really used to um, that side of it, but yeah, I'm, 
I embrace it. I'm happy with it. And um, I've always worn them, so I don't really know anything different. But yeah, if it can turn me into a little cult, then happy days. <laughs> yeah, cult yeah. angle. Yeah. I, I remember after um, Steve Smith was, was seeing the 2019 Nationals dancing uh, on the pitch with, with glasses on, and he was saying it was Chris Rogers, actually celebrating Todd Murphy's selection three years down the track in Sri Lanka. Um, <laughs> not, many people, not many people know that, but that's what happens. No, um, I saw that uh, there's obviously a, a coach, uh, there's a coach staff shortage in Sri Lanka, Todd, at the moment. Um, Andrew McDonald had COVID as he's coming over later, et cetera. Um, so what's the, what's the hierarchy in the nets at the moment? Because you're obviously, you're obviously bowling, but are you being asked for extra throwdowns from guys? Like, you know, are, are they respecting you? Are they, are they interested? Are they helping your game? Or is it just like, mate, just, just give me 10 throws here. Just give me 10 minutes of throws, which turned into half an hour. Um, no, they're pretty good, actually. Like, I suppose as a spinner, you get um, overused as a bowler. You just bowl and bowl and bowl until the boys are happy. But, um, yeah, in terms of the dog stick and that, I don't have to worry about throwing too many balls. I'll just, I'll just bowl until they're happy and... Um, yeah, if it means that I walk out of the nets absolutely cooked, then I suppose that's just all part of it. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, in, like, in all seriousness, because we've asked about 10 questions inviting you to say that your teammates are bullies. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness. <laughs> and Why aren't you biting? Yeah. Seems as though they're not. Um, what, what, is, uh, what have you been told, if you're allowed to say, about like... Um, you know, what the trip is for you? Because I know there's a lot of spinners there and there's a broader conversation in Australia about post Nathan Lyon and all that kind of stuff. And they've have taken a lot of spinners over there. Like what's, um, what's success for you on this trip? Um, yeah, I sort of like when I first got told I was coming over here, they sort of, it was more like just about the learning side of it and coming over here, getting used to the conditions, I suppose, with the aim of hopefully one day coming back again. But um yeah, it's actually like over here bowling in the nets, it's um, sort of not what I expected. They're not the Bunsen burners that everyone sort of um, speaks about. The pitches actually are still quite good um, with a bit of bounce and that sort of stuff. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out during the games. But yeah, for me, sort of success, um, how I measure that, I suppose it's learning and um, just trying to take a few things out of it. And that means if I don't do that well on the field, um, then so be it. I'm not, I'm not even sure what sort of opportunities I will get over here. Um, whether or not I'll play many of the four games or not. But, yeah, being over here and um, just making sure I suppose I tap into the boys' knowledge and everything like that and try and um, go out to Australia with a, yeah, a better, well-rounded, um, yeah, bowling. So that's what mm. I'm looking to get out of it. But, um, yeah, a bit interesting to see how it goes. Did you have any inkling that you might be named in that side? And, like, what was the – like, how did, how did you find out who called you and all that kind of gear? Um, well, I knew there was a tour going on because I'd been told about that, but I sort of didn't really see myself in the picture at all for that. So, um, yeah, I got a phone call when I was up in Darwin um, from Tony Dottomade. Didn't have his number in my phone at all. Um, sort of just did the general, hello, Todd speaking. Um, mm. He said, g'day, Todd, how are you going? And I had to ask, who is this? Because I had no idea. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Love then, that. Um, yeah, so I offered him there. And then um, <laughs> from... From that, yeah, he sort of just, um, yeah, went through and let me know what like what the plan was for the tour and um, that I'd be a part of it. So yeah, it was a pretty cool phone call to get and something I didn't really expect. Nice, because we've um we've we've unnecessarily set you up as like a third grader who's got a gig in the Australian team, which is completely unfair because you've played Aussie nineteens, you played first class cricket, um, and and now you're in the Australian setup. So like, I mean, have you have you noticed a a, a marked jump between? 
like first grade cricket, Aussie 19s, first class to what you've seen so far in Sri Lanka. Is it, is it a very steep cliff from, from sort of the bottom to where you are? Um, yeah, it's different. I suppose you're, you're over here with guys that are so um, confident in their game and, and the way they go about it. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, and I suppose with the state squads and that, you've got guys that are sort of at different levels of their development and their careers with, with rookies and, and senior guys. So over here, everyone's just, yeah, I suppose, so well-rounded and um, assured on what they want to do, which makes it a completely different sort of ball game from, yeah, club cricket, under-19 stuff where guys are just trying to develop where over here everyone sort of knows what they're doing and um, just embraces that. How do you feel about your game, Todd? Like, could you describe your style as a spinner? Um, and did you did you watch like Matt Parkinson's debut with any interest as well? Because we were just talking earlier in the show about how you can just grind for so long as a spinner for years and years and years. And then, you know, some bloke sitting on the couch with his corn chips or burger dripping off his mouth will judge, will judge you only when you finally cracked test cricket and will often be quite like unhelpful or not complimentary when they do so. Like, you know what, you're, you're 21. You'd be really early in your spinning journey. Like how do you, how do you how do you deal with all that kind of stuff? You know, you're about to be thrust into the frame where Aussies will see you as a spinner. They'll have no idea about the art, but they'll judge you anyway. Yeah, it's a great question, and I like honestly, I've only like with only playing two first class games. I like in myself, I don't really know how I stack up either. So I suppose it's going to be um, interesting to see how it goes along the way to see um, yeah how I do go, but. Yeah, like I didn't watch the test match too much about Parkinson, but it's always nice to see spinners um, playing. Um, but yeah, you're always going to get, I think, spin in particular, you're always going to get people commenting on it um, and probably um, happily calling you shit all the time. Whereas it's a, yeah, it is a hard, hard art and a different craft where it does take years and years and years to master. So yeah, being 21, it's, it's probably a weird mix because you're quite impatient and you want it to happen really fast. But then you also know that, um, yeah, there's plenty of time along the way to, for it to happen and you've just got to um, grind now and, and hopefully the rewards come later on. Awesome. Todd Murphy, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Um, you have done so at very short notice. Um, we're like, we're excited to see you get a game uh, in Sri Lanka and, um, and particularly to start judging you um, once we yeah. see you bowl, uh, even though you've literally made it into Australian colours, just a couple of clubbies here saying, you know, um, oh yeah, I just think your front arm just gets a bit low at times. Yeah, yeah, chucks uh, and it. all that chucks it. Yeah, it chucks. Was wearing long sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. In all seriousness, mate. Thank, thank, thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us. Wishing you the best in Sri Lanka, and we'll catch up with you later. Uh, thank you so much, boys, for having me on. Really enjoyed that. And feel free, yeah, let me know if you see anything that I can work on. <laughs> Thank you very much to close personal friend, Todd Murphy. Uh, we wish him well on his sojourn in Sri Lanka. Um, but Pez, before we get into hashtag RCGC, real quick, we've got to thank uh, Manscaped. We're going to talk about Manscaped. We're to- are, you talking about, are you talking about your penis again? Am I talking about my penis again? Yeah, I was like, talking about someone's penis. Have you done anything with your penis in the last week or so? I feel like most weeks oh, I'm talking about yeah. just, I'm talking about shaving my penis and my balls. Um, yes, and, that's, um, right. that's right. There does come a point. Sometimes through the week, I will, I'll reflect on that a little bit and wonder, yep. sure, am sure, I sure, am sure. I comfortable with that or where where do I sit with it? And I am fine. I am fine with yeah. it. Um, escaped again this hey, week. Escaped again this week. Felt really good for it. 
Okay, it's optical inch stuff. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say what people are thinking and how and how it is. You always feel better after manscaping. I endorse the product. Um, I've got the copy in front of me. Everybody knows that summer's coming, sun is shining, shirts are off, and your balls are smooth. Okay, so that's the vision. Yeah. Uh, if you're over in the UK, US, yeah. etc., uh, and you can you can sort all that out with manscaped. Um, y- y- your balls can be as smooth as Floridian sand, uh, which everybody will understand because that is some smooth sand there. Uh, yeah, it is. Not like the sand up in Lee Point here. Uh, I'll give you the tip. But uh, <laughs> what you do is you, you, you go into manscaped.com, you get the performance package 4.0, you're going to get the big lawnmower there. It's going to do the job. You can do it in the shower. There's water around. Don't yeah. be scared. It feel, it, it, It's not like doing it with another clipper that's actually super sharp and you're going to cut some shit and you just don't want to go near it. It, it it's, just, it's actually just the perfect groove, okay? It, it, it doesn't hurt you. It works. Uh you're going to get some other fucking bells and whistles with it as well that I've talked about before that you're going to be like, oh, that's nice to have. It's all presented nicely, um, but don't really need to I've go I've got to tell you, people, people get full value when they use the code TJC at checkout as well. 20% off free shipping. I was just thinking, uh, just as you were talking to Sen, it's like, I wish this product existed when I was playing grade cricket. It did not. Yeah, not that's exist. so true. Um, Fuck. Um, it is a fucking, I mean, every time I talk about this, it's an absolute game changer. I'm using it. Uh, I'm using it. I am using it at the moment sort of, I wouldn't say twice a week, but I'm sort of on a, I'm sort of on a three times uh, fortnightly three cycle times at the moment. Thrice fortnight, yeah. Three times, thrice fortnightly at the moment, um, you know, single man uh, out there meeting people, um, mm-hmm. dogging in parks. Less, mm-hmm. less of that, if I'm honest, front, front dogging. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, presentation is everything. Obviously, if you, if you were going on a date and you are, you know, you're hesitant about what the, what the future might hold for you at the end of the evening, you're sleeping easy. You're resting easy. You're not sleeping on a date, to be honest, unless it's a real stinker. Um, then, uh, <laughs> but you know, you can you can be confident. You can be confident. You mean the date's a real stinker, don't you? You don't mean the person that you're with. <laughs> <laughs> if they have, if they have tr- uh, uh, horrendous halitosis, it's a real um, stinker. Then it's <laughs> how was it? Real hey, stinker. Just on behalf of Manscaped. In a while. I'm, I'm trying to te- I'm teeing this up with you here, um, and it may fly, it may not. Um, but Manscaped would be appreciative if if it did. When when you know you're using this on a thrice fortnightly basis, uh, which I think is the right. classic is the classic frequency, as far as I understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, and presentations, everything. Do you um, do you find yourself ever getting specifically complimented on your presentation after usage of Manscaped by those that you date and that you you know um, present yourself no, to? No, I haven't. I, okay. I haven't. I haven't. So I'm really against the finer details of that. But but no. But I do. But I do think it's almost an expectation now. I think it is an expectation. I think you're probably going to get. Ah. Now, so it's I gone the other way. Now, I think. Now look, I think it's I think it's I think it's one of those ones on a Sunday brunch the following day. Now we as men don't you know, when we're talking about like I'm talking sexual exploits. When men are talking about sexual exploits with their, with each other, it's yeah. very top line. You're talking very top line. But mm. my experience, my understanding is when the when the ladies the following day going for Sunday brunch, if you will, mm. I know you will. Mm. Um, they're gonna they're gonna go finer point details. They're going ah. from top to bottom. What happened? Now they're gonna be talking about your dick. I'm telling you, they're going to be talking about your dick and the presentation of such. Now, if they, it's, you're probably going to less less likely the presentation to have that interaction. Therein. Sorry, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, I think it's an expectation. I think it's. I think if you don't use this product, you're a fucking fool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just um, one man's you, opinion. You get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code TGC at manscaped.com. Come on, manscaped. Fuck, we give you some value for that as well. Uh, I, I'd like to yeah. think it's symbiotic. 
Hashtag RCGC. Obviously, if you want hashtag RCGC Fridays, you know where to get it. Patreon.com forward slash grade cricketer. Hashtag RCGC. This week comes in from Anonymous. Oh. He says, Pez, the first team are playing away from home with one player enjoying some downtime at third man when he spots an attractive female walking through the car park carrying cricket kit. However, his enjoyment is interrupted by a teammate fielding at mid-off, gesturing wildly to him that he needs to swap immediately. Confused, he swaps with the other fielder who goes down to third man and starts talking to the aforementioned female who turns out to be the teammate's girlfriend. She has driven an hour and a half to the away fixture and upon arrival, she asks where her team's changing rooms are before reappearing with her boyfriend's kit bag. She then tells the opposition to inform our player, and I quote, I've seen the texts, I know what he's done, and his kit is in jeopardy. The conversation at third man goes on for a couple of minutes during which the girlfriend slaps him twice in the chest in full view of the entire ground, with the game having stopped as everyone stares to see what might happen next. The girlfriend then walks further back into the car park out of view, but Cricket Kit can be seen flying in the air as she oh. empties his bag, threatening to run his kid over. Oh. The player eventually manages to talk her down, but proceeds to spend the next 30 overs off the field talking to her, and our team goes on to lose the game. Still unsure of the exact details of what our player did to deserve such a reaction, but entertaining nonetheless. I guess I have to shoehorn a question in here, but I can't exactly ask who is the alpha, as our player was quite clearly being, just being cucked by his girlfriend in front of the team in opposition. So therefore, my question is, is there anything this player could do to unbeater himself, or does he need to find a new club, or maybe quit <laughs> cricket altogether? Uh, also, before you start writing this off as Wheelie Bin Park shit, this is the same league that Carlos <laughs> Brathwaite is playing as an overseas in. <laughs> I've got mates who play in that league. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, play, he's in the same team or in the same club, I think, as, as Carlos. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Oh, well, that's sensational. I think that's yeah, a good. That's a, a good. That's a good league as well. But um, that's just sensational. It's like, a, I mean, my first thought is it's public like, breakup. Well, when when we played, mate, like I don't know about your club, I can guess, but like, we were, I was in my sort of late teens, early twenties, and it was there that I like became aware that at least there was, you know, it was spoken about that there was just a litany of cheating and adultery going on yeah. in cricket. Oh, infidelity and deluxe. Infidelity yeah. is the better work or some are married, some aren't, et cetera. Um, and I, I found that quite eye-opening as well. Like it was just, it, it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was necessarily normalised, but it was probably- It was prob- so adult. But it was, <laughs> oh, it's funny you say that, like, it was like, uh, it, I'm not saying it was a badge of honour, but I mean, in the in the grade club, it was like, mm. you know, sexual, and I use this word like sort of um, clinically, like conquest, because uh, it's, it's a problematic word, but like sexual conquest was such a um, form of social capital at the cricket club yep. where like, yep. I think whether you were in a relationship or not, it was just like um, just bulk sex which would then include infidelity yep. and stuff was just, mm. um, or, or just there was just so much capital to it, and it was when currency. I hit, currency, exactly, and and you know that was like you meant you know you were sought after for conversations, for stories. You were, you possibly picked in teams if you could play well enough. You're definitely out the <laughs> circuit. 
uh, it definitely helps you get into teams for sure. Yeah. And yeah, so you learn, you learn, like you're conditioned as a young person of like, okay, so I put, if I just ha- mm. if I just show myself to be quite successful when it comes to just having sex a lot, um, yeah. Yeah. then you know I- I'm going to win favour among these people that I do spend roughly 24 hours a week with. You know, the, you know, like fair work would call it a part time job uh, yes. worth of time. Possibly more if I live with people as well, flatmates, all that sort of stuff. So, like, of course, yeah. so I live in the cricket world. So, like, when I see <laughs> this, I'm like, this is the, this is like the other side of it. This is a side you don't see. It's kind of like the partner mm. striking back, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and, and it's kind of funny. And and she goes and she goes for the thing that he prizes and needs most, his kit. Yep. And she does it kit. in front of his mm. teammates. So he's probably this guy's probably built an identity, a brand, like a personality brand at his cricket club, at his little cricket club in England, in Solihull, Birmingham, uh, yeah. around around sexual conquest. And she has just yeah. come and she's just pierced it in, in yeah. one, like, chaotic episode. And I kind of hand it to her, really. Like, it's, it's, she, she, she's struck at the alpha brand that he's built. Just he's and and you know the question is can he unbeat her himself? I mean that's his story now forever. It doesn't. He could have sex with two thousand women, two thousand women. Nah, that's, and that will no. But that's 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 how he does it. He, he turns himself. He, he he commits to the bid. He turns himself into the Casanova of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and like then he's it. a re- he's a real heartbreaker. He's a real heartbreaker. You know that's that's what that's what that's the angle he needs to go for. I think to commit to that uh, for the rest of his life. Yeah, uh, you know, we're talking before about Matt Parkinson just driving down the M1, just trying to get himself a Guernsey uh, for you know his first Test caps. Can you imagine this? Uh, this this fair lady has driven an hour and a half to an away game, the away game redundant. She's just driven an hour and a half to like to, with this guy's kit. He's stinking, uh, fermented cricket kit yeah, yeah. in her car. Fermenting, just fucking. Seething, mm. just playing those texts in her head over and over again. Seething, chomping at the bit. She gets to the ground and she's ready to fucking explode. And that's entertainment. That's Mate, entertainment. In, the in club. front of his mates is the best bit. Yeah, I, I I went um I went overseas with a mate. <laughs> um, probably narrows it down too much, really. But uh, who cares? Probably don't listen. I went overseas with with a mate and um <laughs> yeah and. It was it was a beautiful thing, really. Like so, so on the um, he's a great friend, but on the first night overseas, and I think it was his first time overseas. Really looking forward to it. Um, had like on the, on the first night, he got a call from um, his girlfriend. Well, then, yeah, informing him that she was aware of um, you know, his misdemeanors from right. um, from like six months ago. Right. Um, and she'd been aware of them for some months, um, but had waited to the, to the to the moment of his first night in New York that he'd been looking forward to, um, to to send his world into free fall, which it did. Um, now this yeah. is a very long time ago. Everybody has moved on. You know, we're talking a decade more. And uh, I just you know again, I was just like that's. Um, you know that's that's a strong that's strong uh, that's a strong square up, if you will. And I know you will. It's calculated. Uh, and it's, yeah, calculated. and it's calculated. And like uh, you know, I think if you put yourself in that position, you're you're open to that sort of uh, riposte. 
and I think this guy's the same as well, you know, like, um, it's just like she hasn't gone and fucked around with the kit at home and done it in private. She's just <laughs> gone in front of the opposite. Like, imagine if he has to bat after that, you know. Firstly, he's wearing yeah. his mate's kit. The kit's gone. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the opposition. Wouldn't that be sensational? You know, like, because if you're in the opposition, it's all you're talking about, isn't it? It's, 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 oh, that's yeah, all yeah. you. And then when he comes out to bat, yeah, in, it's just uh, great. In the, in the beers after the game, just just, just a hushed tone. Like, oh, oh, yeah. What's, 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 that burn? what's going on with that? Yeah. <laughs> what's he? He must have been playing up. He must have been playing up. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, um, this show has gone on for a minute, uh, but we hope you've enjoyed it. The Test Cricket is back. That's fun and exciting. Australia start playing again tonight. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thank you very much to Ali Martin of The Guardian. Thank you very much to Tom Murphy over there in Sri Lanka. Thank you very much for listening to this. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers.